these grapes have Why been, is this closer to me again? Have been grown and saved for this particular moment. <laughs> Sweet. This wine has been saved for Lin Yong dishes the dirt. Cheers. Cheers. Drink your wine, Lin. What are you I, doing? I'll save it for later for the tricky questions. <laughs> I feel like you're being really. really <laughs> so I should probably right turn now. that off, shouldn't I? Oh, hold on. Okay. That high Yeah, yeah. Well, how close do I Good have to Lord. this? Um, like, yeah. <coughs> I, 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 tuck, tuck yourself in for. Uh, how close do I need to be to the microphone? I guess is here, here is fine. Is yeah. this okay? How well, is that alright? <clears throat> well, I guess I don't need it, but. Did someone take it? No, no, no. one took your Did phone. I leave my phone in the kitchen? Do you really need your phone right now? No, I really don't need it, but I was wondering where it went. <laughs> oh. I feel naked without my phone. I do, I was just watching a video of myself shredding. Yeah, we're. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter, I'll sort it out later. Good. It's ruined. It's ruined from the start. <laughs> right. But we haven't started yet. <laughs> Lin Young, everyone. <laughs> <God's sake. laughs> and we have Tom Taylor as co-host. Welcome to your first podcast. Hello. First start podcast, anyway. Good evening. You've done the rounds on quite a few yeah. podcasts. Yeah, I've done Swapping a few. shoes, height drop. Mm-hmm. Are there any other? Oh, oh, Motus. Yeah, Motus of course. A few years ago. Yeah, just begged my way onto every platform I possibly could. Cause you did barge in on this one. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. At the window. Yeah. <laughs> I climbed up. <laughs> no, you you will I'm have a, your own. I'm a climber. Worry. You know what I mean? The climber. One of the social ones? Yeah, 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 exactly, right. yeah. But we're here. You will have your own, but we're here particularly for Lin Yung today. Because she's got Hello. some dirt to dish. This kind of forces me onto the podcast. <laughs> what do you mean forces? Literally, since we've started this, you've been guilt tripping me. <laughs> True. It's on record on other podcasts. Yeah, <clears throat> because you ask me on, and then you prefer to have other people on twice in a row. Just saying. But you have also twice. been on twice already. Have I? But just not had your own. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. True. Co-host. Tom hasn't. Tom. Tom hasn't been crying about it. He just climbs the side of the building. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's life? <laughs> busy. Busy. Really busy. What's um, taking up your time right now? Right now, studying for my uh, PT course, which I started three years ago and just never did, and now it's running out of time. So, um, quite a bit of that, and then working for Poker UK. Not that much time taken up, but it adds up. And then also still doing freelance work, mm. um, handling jobs left and right so all in all very busy and the house oh yeah still building the house also yeah. keeps me busy yeah your work with parkour uk if anyone's following them they might have realized that it's actually it's taken a bit of an uptick recently in uh getting a bit more involved with the parkour community is that you and callum lavington as well has yeah been so the two of us we've taken over hired. the the um kind of communication and um, social media side of things which yeah definitely has changed a little bit over the past I think it's been three months since we started and it's been really good so far um, 
first month was pretty much just learning the ropes and now mm. I get into like a routine and everything comes together a bit nicer so it's been really good mm. less for you to be bitching about online <laughs> 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 or is it has things taken a turn for the best <laughs> well what? you know we'll see won't we yeah. we'll see <laughs> just under uh, you know you're under the, mag- uh, the magnifying glass now oh that's fine yeah. I can handle the pressure yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you've joined up you've joined up and no, you're doing a really good job. It's really good. It's actually sick. You've yeah. joined the it's enemy, the bureaucratic enemy. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if my friends are involved in them. Exactly, yeah. You take a misstep, Lynn, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Nah, nah. I, I think uh, the, um, yeah, you, you, you can just see the change. Like, you can definitely see the change in terms of the just presence on social media and also involvement in the conversation. I think... You know, and it looks, it seems like that's yeah. come from I you, right? I also think, well, I also think it doesn't just come from me, it also comes from the community. Because if someone reaches out who might not be involved so much in the community, then people don't respond to it very well. While if someone from the community, so I just get in touch with someone that I know anyways, and just say like, oh, by the way, we're doing this, would you like to get involved or whatever? They're more likely to just trust that I'm having good intentions. Yeah. Um, which obviously i do so yeah it's been it's been good but busy all mm. in all nice um people on social media right might have noticed recently that you broke your arms yeah well i, ca- I, ca- <laughs> <laughs> I was seeing you in, I kind of in not one that. but two cars no, i kept that quite hush hush on my instagram uh because of work because i had work yeah. wound up that i didn't want to not to yeah so i was just praying for the cast to come off in time which they did just a week before mm. the first job i did so i kind of didn't advertise it on my social media but now that i'm all healed up um it's kind of like just almost funny because yeah i wasn't two casts yeah um to be fair wait. the both of you <laughs> showing up to the gym here like you with your ankle injury and your and your uh, your shins both cut up and you in two casts. You're like being in a car accident together. I didn't feel like I was in a car accident because I also had the dislocated coccyx, so I couldn't sit down properly either. Uh, yeah, it was it was probably the worst, like not the worst injury I've had because obviously my shin injury like mm. years years ago was way worse because uh, long term. But this, I felt like I was hit by a truck. I think for two weeks I was just in bed and just in pain i still i can still feel it when i sit down at my coccyx it's not quite how it should be just yet but it was a really quick recovery so it's yeah. been three months now and yesterday i did my first climb up um badly but onwards onwards upwards mm-hmm. Is that it? onwards yeah. and upwards yeah do you want to run us through how you did it <laughs> <laughs> or is Jeez. yeah no it's fine um so i was working on uh nindroria race for glory in August, I was one of the course testers, but also um, one of the kind of ninjas. God, that sounds very bad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um, but, and it was, you're racing against the contestants, and I was just having a very bad day. I think I was pretty much overworked. I had so much mm. work in August, and then kind of ha- didn't have the best day. Also, wasn't my period. Um, and then just 
fell off the course pretty much. Mm. Like, I'm not quite fallen. No, no, I fell off the course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fell off the course. I, I came out of a lachet a bit sideways, and the, the water, so it's two courses now uh, because of the race, but the water width is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't much room for error at all, and because I came out of the lachet with quite a bit of power and just slightly sideways, I just went to the site where there's the pillar wanted to grab the pillar so that I wouldn't fall off but it's padded like it has a mat that is velcroed onto the pillar right. so I grabbed the mat and it just came off with me so I just right. had the mat on my front while I fell onto my I back didn't know that. you pulled onto. the mat off I pulled the mat off yeah. <laughs> I made a scene uh, landed on my bum and back uh, broke both my wrists and uh, well actually one was bruised but I was put in a cast because it looked like it was um, mm. broken and escape my coccyx and that was a really good outcome because it could have been so so much worse. it was a really nasty bail and i and you can thought, see that on itv catch up ninja warrior <laughs> race for glory <laughs> you can actually put it up there <laughs> we've been looking for sponsors for the show oh. but oh, right. but recently we've been saying fuck the queen and the king's brothers are pedophile so yeah, i well. don't know if uh i mean we're well, just itv yeah, they're, bit, they're meant to be. But yeah, to, to be fair, the fall is not on camera because it was off camera side right. towards audience. Just because of I saw a shot. Joe Scandrit sent me a clip, I think, because I requested he it. He also, he also just, I think he also just has angle. the the one. Yeah, so he has the camera. So he filmed right. it off the screen, um, which doesn't show the fall. It shows like I'm just like hopping off the course and all good. But actually, I was I was not good at all. Um, and it could have been so much worse. I, I really thought I would have broken my back. When I landed, I was like, that was my first thought was I broke my back. Then panic, then people like holding me down. Mm. Um, oh, me yeah. trying to breathe and not being able to. It was it was and quite... you did hit your head as well. Like... Yeah, but I did hit my head, but not that bad. Like the next yeah. day I didn't have a concussion. I could move my head, but the rest of my body just felt... Like luckily my head felt fine. The rest mm. of my body didn't so much. Um, but yeah, all in all, like a good outcome for like a... Like it went bad, but it also didn't go as bad as it could have been. Yeah, and three months. Like I've I've broke my wrist a bunch of times. Like and of course it went smoothly when I was a teenager. But when I was uh, the last time I broke my wrist was when I was twenty seven, and that was like a real uh, roller coaster of a journey. And I suppose there's different severity of breaks and everything. And I had like a cyst in mine because oh. like the um, which pretty much means there was like a hollowed out hole in the bone because when I broke it when I was 13 or something um, it just the hole just kept getting bigger because it didn't heal properly the first time I don't know why but I'd have a screw put in it and it took so long to get a climb up like, like yeah. what you've got now already and you're seeing you already doing handstands is is incredible at 33 years old as well yes. we'll beep your we'll beep the age out <laughs> I don't mind that <laughs> I feel stronger now than I, I have ever but um, oh yeah the way I've broken it was probably really lucky also obviously what you see in social media is just what looks great but then when I do handstand I can still feel it uh, I, to be fair though I think it's not quite as bad but it's not like it's not like I train handstands for an hour it's like I do it for yeah. 10 minutes and I can yeah, feel yeah. it but also um, I started doing handstands maybe a month ago so it was a really really quick recovery but that said, I feel like I've had my share of really shit recovery, so I've, yeah. I've deserved this one that just went smoothly. Yeah. Were these yeah. um were the 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 wrist was it both wrists you broke? Yeah, uh, no. So the left one was the scaphoid fracture, and the right yeah. one was um, everyone everyone trapezium. fractures their scaphoid. Yeah. yeah so but this one was uh, trapezium 
right. uh, which is the bone just above, I think. Okay. Uh, but it, when they x-rayed it, it was either already like just healed or it was just a bone bruise, which at first the right hand was a lot worse than my left one, mm. um, which is why they put me in the cast. But then x-rays later, they were like, oh, actually, it looks like it wasn't broken. And now this one mm. feels, I can still feel it, but it's, it, it's good. Right. Nice. Yeah. Mm. I always feel like soft tissue injuries just take longer than bones. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say so. that for me, to, for my like track record with bone fractures. Yeah. Oh yeah, general. that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this one, to be fair, it is really shit to be in a cast, what two casts, mm. the hands, because the first week I needed help for pretty much everything. Yeah. But that you can, you're still mobile. You can still do stuff. Like, I mean, it's a bit annoying throughout the day, but then. I find it more annoying to have your leg in a cast. I had my leg in a cast when I was a teenager, uh, from like hip to ankle. That's so much worse. Oh yeah, I, I think can when you're walking, you're having the crutches, so you can't really use your leg. You can't use your arms. You're you're just not mobile. With two mm. cars, I still did everything. I went to gym. I, I mean, just yeah. Wait, what was that for? That oh yeah, that was for like a knee dislocation. Yeah, it? that was really badly managed. But it's like a long time ago, because I'm 33, so it's a long time ago when <laughs> I was a teenager. Um, the way they went about it was just put me in a cast for six weeks. And Jeez, last year, yeah. when or two years ago, when I dislocated my knee again, I just walked home That's from the a, hospital and it was nothing. That was an excellent. That's situation. a funny story. That's yeah. a really funny story. <laughs> that is a funny yeah. story. Got, got, got a phone call from from Lynn. <laughs> One morning. <laughs> Nine <like>, o'clock. <laughs> help <laughs> just erratic i think there were voice notes as well there were voice notes because i couldn't a... text anymore because i was so sweaty that the ta- the phone wasn't yeah. picking up on my what i was doing because i was on the floor in my living room on my own yeah. had just dislocated my knee by walking past my stationary bike just also, bonked against it and just knocked your knee the, clean the video off. of that is, the video of that is video, horrible. It's very funny. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> How is that funny? That it's me funny. literally looking down and be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I don't oh, know. So Trying bad. to knock my kneecap oh, back in it was and it worst, just wouldn't go anywhere. It was the worst thing to walk in on. Like, yeah. to see you in the middle of the room with your kneecap, like, mm. in the wrong location. But, but, but it's also the funny bit is because all of my friends were still asleep. I reached out to everyone mm, I knew yeah. in Brighton. I was the only one with a spare key. And yeah. Callum was the only one yeah. with a spare we were, key. We were looking at building sites nearby to see if we could like steal a ladder so we could climb up to your window and break in. But then also because everyone kind of woke up at the same time, everyone showed up at the same time. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. how many people, nine people in my living Mark room? Mark was at late. <laughs> Mark was late, but he was the one to climb the building, the side yeah. of the building. Yeah. Yeah. To, find, <laughs> to find that there's already several of us in the living room already. That was so funny as well, seeing his head pop up and just be like, Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go down. <laughs> oh, a legend. What a legend. Mark yeah. Underwood, an old student of mine and Jay's from years ago. So um, that was a you're super lucky that you had your phone close by. Because yeah. if your phone was in the kitchen. I mean, that's the reason why I bonked my knee in the first place, though, because my phone was at the, on the windowsill behind the bike. So I went to get my phone. Oh, right. And then yeah. hit my kneecap and then fell onto yeah. the floor trying to reach people. Lucky we all have the anxiety of needing the, our phone with us at all yeah, times. Because I tried. No, first I rang the ambulance. That was my first first phone call. Was like I need someone to come yeah. help me. Oh yeah, good. And call. they were just like, "Yeah, we're all busy right now." And I think it took three hours. I yeah, think. Yeah, it was a long yeah. time. Yeah, they're just saying like, "So can you can you come to the hospital?" I'm like, "What do you not understand about? I'm lying on my floor and I cannot move." Are you bleeding? They were even. Are asking, you breathing? No, they were asking. They were Are you asking. Breathing? No. Like, if my if my knee because I said I, I've dislocated my knee. Mm. and I can't move it's like fully I tried to put it back in and I, because my leg was all uh, um, like it wasn't bent there was no way 
to put yeah. it back in and they were like okay is it does it look bruised and i was like i don't know and they're like how how come and i was like well i can't see it i'm wearing leggings and they're like so how do you know your knee is dislocated i'm like what do you mean i was like are you fucking joking right now? i was like i need help <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's to be so fair, when they came, like the paramedics were amazing, and they, they put it back good. in yeah. straight. Three hours. Three hours yeah. for like an ambulance arriving. Like fair enough, they've got prioritized. Yeah, yeah they've got prioritized the people that aren't okay. breathing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like just around the corner, we had, uh, like, we live like a street away from the hospital, and it was me, Sasha, Davis, and Pabs came across a woman who had fallen over drunk and hit her head really badly was just bleeding from the head and we Jeez. we like there were some people with her already like holding her up and everything and we ran up to the to the um to the hospital to try and get some help like get an ambulance and everything they were trying to stop ambulances in the street but of course they were already yeah, going to make calls yeah. somewhere else doesn't um, work though, yeah, yeah yeah and, and and it was just so hard to get any help and like we were on the phone again to the ambulance again and they were like sorry there are literally people that aren't breathing right now yeah, it's like yeah, she's yeah. bleeding from the head like <laughs> it was yeah. it was really bad but like of course they that's why they ask all the questions to like yeah. gauge this and i wasn't dying the, i was just in yeah. a lot of pain but when you're in pain, chilling with your mates lying yeah, on the floor and we're just floor. like we're just like standing around you i remember begging like, you like please youtube it was like just youtube how to put it back in the camera you're like no, uh, no. I, I, like, you please, please. I didn't, didn't want to do that I, you, you, I would you feel so so fucking guilty if I put you through that much pain there's the other thing you said as well is like I don't want to be responsible for ending your career yeah. you know because like if it goes a bit wrong like yeah. you know yeah. what I mean like you don't know what you're doing also I don't think you can put it back in because I asked the paramedics in the, mm. uh, afterwards because well once you had your kneecaps dislocated once it is likely to happen again but if it's twice it is just one of those right. things you can just dislocate it quite easily right. um so i was like what can i do to put it back in and, and they said like if it isn't in a straight like your leg is straight and it pops out there's not really anything you can do without painkillers and like just because yeah. i got like all the they, 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 they put it back in they gassed you up yeah they gave and, me like and gas and and still like when they moved it back into place like it was fucking like blood curdling like yeah. scream I can't, I can't really remember to be honest i can't really remember it all too well. Yeah. You just wanted your cat. You just wanted Mia. Yeah. You were like, uh, no, because I think I remember that. I remember someone saying that Mia was downstairs. So in my yeah. head I was like, oh, Mia's yeah, on the street. Yeah. So all I could think was, I was like, I don't know, Mia, oh, and gosh. I can't move. All you could think but, yeah. about was your cat. No. Mia. It's not just a cat, it's Mia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that Sad story. Times. Good. So we covered me being injured the whole time. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I feel like earlier you were trying to get us to segue to your um, anterior tibia cortex fracture. On oh, onto that one now. Onto that one now. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> so like, a... so bones sometimes are a are a mm, shit yeah. to heal. I was extremely unlucky with that one. Um, yeah. So this is 2017. I think the pain started 2016, end of 2016, but then it got diagnosed in summer uh, 2017. Um, after I dropped out of the, there was this competition in China, like the cowbell one, and I had to drop out right. because I was in so much pain. Um, Wait, which one's that? Is that the one with the big the drops? The, yeah, the, the sky one with ladder the, one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would have been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I did, I did, I did this speed course, but I literally walked down the course. I was like, I, I just mm. couldn't take any impact whatsoever. Right. And then out of the style one, I, I just dropped out, and then afterwards i was like okay i need to get this sorted because i had seen doctors before and they were just saying like oh it's it's, it's fine it's nothing and then i was like, okay this is not nothing um 
and then went to a clinic in London that specialised in dancers, like um, injuries, and it's a common uh, injury for dancers. Uh, and then it was just a yeah, it's uh, it's called an anterior tibial cortex fracture, which means mm. the front of the shin is like there's a, um, a stress fracture, so it's not all the way through. Mine was quite small, but just didn't heal, so it's an open fracture, and it was an open fracture for two years. And I've done, I went to so many doctors around Europe, got so much treatment done, and in the end, what probably helped it most was just time and sorting out my nutrition and just yeah patience Jeez. so how long patience. how long in total sorry i think it was about two years and then maybe it was a year because i had half a year where they said it's half a year and then you can start training again mm. but i think my training was too quickly too much um and then i refractured it so yeah, the x-rays yeah. started showing That's up better than half a year later they were really bad again and mm. then it just stayed bad um, and then also some of the treatment that I was given was probably not helping the healing. Um, yeah. So, cause it was just too much. We just tried too many things. Right. Um, but weirdly, well, not weirdly enough. It's a really, really rare factor to have, like really rare. There's almost no studies mm. done on it. It's mostly affecting women in sports. Um, and it is because a, a lot of factors come together. It's like overtraining, under eating, just the coverage of the shin bone, the stress you put on it, like, a lot of things coming together but then once you have it it's pretty savage Lorena had the same thing yeah, shortly yeah, I after I did she reached out. yeah she reached out to me and she was like I think I got diagnosed with the same thing hers healed a little bit quicker than mine I think but also because probably you have someone there telling because I had no one to reach out to um, someone telling you okay you actually have to keep off it like don't jump don't do anything if you feel pain that's already too much like that you might have like gone back months in your recovery mm. i've had quite a few people reach out to me um over the past year especially the past few months i don't know why but over the past few months i've had quite a few women reach out to me that mm. rebecca for. as well right um yeah but she got diagnosed with a, f a fibula stress yeah. fracture which is fucking weird because like you'd assume the tibia to be the because that's the, the bearing, main yeah weight but, but that's the thing it's a bearing. good thing though if you get like diagnosed with a like fibula stress fractures. Yeah, like, that's what well, I thought when I heard. It's like that's fibula, not too bad. chill. Yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> you um, could. Yeah, and even tibia, if it's on the side, it's usually fine. It heals quite quickly. It's literally just if it's on the front because there's no blood flow going to it. Mm. But the the pressure on it, especially in parkour when you block or like wall runs, yeah, I couldn't do like so, some things even Any now I can't really do. Yeah, like I can't block too hard or too often. Mm. Wall runs can still trigger like pain in the shin. Um, once I get shin splints, I just stop. I know that yeah, I can't reasons. train through it, and then I'm, it's fine. So now I can manage it really well. Nice. But yeah, a lot of people, like not a lot, but some people seem to deal with it. So I think it is one of those things that might be a relatively common injury in parkour compared to how often it actually happens, because it's a very rare thing. Right. But I think par in parkour, the percentage of people who actually struggle with that might be a bit higher. So it'd be really mm. cool if there would be research done into it in the future. Shin splints is a, a super common thing. And this just mm -hmm. sounds like a crazy level up from that. Yeah. Um, is it is it very common in parkour? Do you think shin splints? Shin splints. I've heard quite a few people. Yeah. Quite a few people. Wasn't Toby was it. Is dealing with it? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I <coughs> I definitely I had it when I was at a higher body weight. Right. So I had when I was when I was really gunning to like get as big as possible. Yeah. And mm. I was like, Why were you doing that? 
Well, because people told me, oh, if you lift weights, you'll get too big to do parkour. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. so, and so I was like, right, well, I'll get as big as I can then, and we'll see when, I, when is too big to do parkour. And for me, it was around 95 to 100 kilos. I hit 100, and I was like, yes. But then also, every time I trained, it felt like my shins were going to explode. Yeah. So, uh, and I could only train for like 20 minutes at a yeah. time. There's the whole, like... Um there's that rule of thumb that I've heard of. I, I don't know the name of it, but... Mm. The athletics one um, for body weight. Yeah, for like explosive power athletes. Like say if you're... Like I'm 182 centimetres, mm -hmm. my ideal weight would be just knock off the one at the front yeah, of that. Exactly, and yeah. that's what you are. That's what your ideal weight should mm -hmm. be in kilograms. And of course, like, uh, a, like that's not going to be like fatty tissue that's gonna no, be exactly, like yeah. that's um, you lean or whatever that's yeah. lean like a bigger the, the idea that like the more cross-sectional muscle mass that you have the more like the more potential that muscle has to produce force mm -hmm. and but like of course if you get bigger and bigger and bigger like there's yeah. gonna be like a cut-off point where you can't lift yourself off the ground so much and also yeah. like uh dealing with like eccentric forces and everything yeah. like your it's tissue capacity it comes and down to and then yeah. also like capacity of the, the yeah like yeah connective tissue yeah like it's tissue capacity really because your bones like I, I, unless well in, in in those instances where you have like yeah some like stress fracture or something mm -hmm. like that they're less of a concern I suppose than like just the capacity of your soft tissue to handle yeah handle those those kind of forces i suppose yeah and yeah, that is sure. like yeah yeah as your mass increases it's kind of it's not linear like mm. like the quality of your soft tissue doesn't like just follow like the yeah, the yeah, size yeah, yeah. of the size For and sure. power of your muscles and like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't takes way the, longer the, the thumb <laughs> the rule of thumb doesn't like of course there are so they're going to be so many exceptions to that well height rule. height needs to also be considered yeah, in that, in that, sure. in that um, equation and it's not so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a big one yeah. but also like a big muscle doesn't necessarily mean that muscle is going to be like what you want to use it for like explosive explosive power and everything is 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 very different than just like just having a big muscle yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent. yeah like tensile strength of your muscles like and yeah and uh the quality of the connective tissue is like yeah that's different than the size of the muscle and all that kind of thing as yeah well. yeah sorry we got sidetracked there. that's fine <laughs> but that's why you got big <laughs> that's why i got big yeah well it was testing that like because yeah I, well, I'm a very combative person sometimes, and <laughs> just just like some one person saying something can just send you on like a year long tangent <laughs> of like trying to get as big as you can, like drinking gallons of milk every day. <laughs> yeah, I did go mad for sure. Like yeah. I actually did that, but um, uh, yeah, no, that was it. wasn't It wasn't uh, it wasn't just one person. It was yeah, like yeah, right. the the early days of trying to get people to consider like training as an athlete to mm. do parkour i started training after the shin fracture with you like you put me on a program mm. yeah got me strong one of the early movement power yeah clients. yeah one of the one of the test subjects yeah worked out really <laughs> well got bloody strong yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I think uh yeah i like it, it was like a real it was a real problem to get people to understand like the nuances of like yeah, like size and mass and, and and like strength to weight ratio and all this kind of thing mm. at the beginning of it. And and yeah, it was fun to like 
test that. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, try yeah, to yeah. see where the yeah. my standing pre got fucking big, mm. but like my running pre was smaller right. <laughs> because yeah. I was just heavier. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Clarence Kennedy jump? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So for, the, for those listening, Car- Clarence Kennedy is an Irish uh, weightlifter. We spoke about him a little bit on the podcast with the Unknown Project guys. Mm. Uh, and he, he actually did a jump with George Mag- He actually yeah. did a video with George box McGowan. Yeah. They did a bunch of box jumps together. And he did like some big um, like cheat gainers and stuff. And he gets so much height. He just floats. He's, he's one of the best... Um, uh, Olympic weightlifters. Yeah. He doesn't really compete, does he? Um, no, I don't think so. Or at least not in any of the um, yeah. federations or anything that test for gear because yeah, he's, yeah. he's very open about being on gear. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he is now. Maybe not previously, but right. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's got hops and he's massive. Is <laughs> yeah. is pretty much the moral of that yeah. story. I um, think he's following the footsteps of like. So like Juju Mufu and people like that. Yeah, people yeah, from yeah. back. That's that's we're going way back now. He's still about, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> and and uh, Hayden Wiseman as well. You have got to give him a shout as well. Yeah. Um, he's... he hasn't done as much like he's done a bit of Olympic lifting, but he's more a powerlifter. He's competitive powerlifter now. But he's he's a tricker. Mm. He's a martial arts tricker, and he's just like insane. Uh, definitely one to watch for sure if you want to see someone who like as strong as hell and like just insanely muscular but also can just like throw like dub cork and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, i've not heard of him so did you get into lifting in that time when your sh- when your shin was bad yeah hmm. slowly because i wasn't allowed to jump or hop or anything i couldn't even like jog um i think the first time i was allowed to do more than just like like just walk it i remember being in lisbon um and i couldn't even walk long distance so people had to carry me i remember jay carrying me Mm. around lisbon up a hill um (laughs) because i couldn't walk much so it would be like 100 meters of light jogging and then walking again for like forever um but lifting was fine um yeah quicker i started off with bodyweight squats um Mm. or 20 kilo squats and then i imagine you're also just looking for something to literally be active with because I know yeah. I know what you're like to you're, be fair you're I really... stayed re- quite active throughout all of it like I got right. like, really strong upper body oh handstands uh, is that yeah. when you also got on a Johnny Last uh, program um, well? no that was a bit later handstands. actually uh, that was a bit later but I did get into handstands get, got into yoga stuff um, and then just did that's when I w- uh, started training with Aslan right. uh, in the gym and just doing calisthenics bits like watching back videos of what because I, I had no legs like mm. my legs are tiny but i was quite strong right. so i just i can just do lots of wraps of muscle ups and i'm like oh now i'm very <laughs> bottom heavy and it's not as easy but um yeah so i kept i kept active but then started lifting with tom's program also i didn't really have any clue about um going to the gym and lifting it was the first time that i actually learned about like strength training and mm. everything went to the gym with my sister a little bit to just get used to being in a gym environment because it was quite intimidating oh for uh, sure she was a yeah. bodybuilder so she could show me all the machines and everything but obviously the tr- type of training is very mm. different it's mm. not really thing. appealing to me but it was still good to learn and yeah. feel comfortable in a gym and then because underground gym in brighton yeah was very intimidating it's, it's intimidating going intimidating. into a gym as a man like not not yeah. like even commercial gyms like as as yeah. a newbie man going yeah. into that's what i mean as a newbie like 
when you don't really know the ropes yeah. and like you feel like eyes are on you all the time and everything. I would just walk um, around the but gym. But then going into underground gym where it's like Very it has different. like the little power lifting olympic lifting mm. nest yeah, in the like, corner and all the boxes and like and proper athletes like people yeah. in there some of them are actually athletes i yeah. remember walking around the gym wanting to use some machines but not being sure how to and also not being sure how to adjust the seat so either mm. wait for a person my height to use the machine first and then like <laughs> straight behind <laughs> or just like go up to the machine because I was like really shy in that environment I think yeah. just go up to the machine if, if I couldn't figure out how to adjust the seat within like 20 seconds I'd just leave <laughs> and go to a different machine yeah I, I've, done, I've done the same yeah yeah <laughs> so now thinking Fairly. back I'm like now I'm really comfortable going to the gym and when there's machines I don't know how to change I'll just go up to someone and ask mm. and I, I went to the gym with like two broken wrists and casts and I had to literally just ask people to move the stuff for me and just be like can you lift this up can you do this can you do that and I'm fine but back then I wasn't and it's not that long ago it's like I mean it is a while ago but uh, it's funny mm. to think back because now I can't even imagine that anymore yeah to, to be fair I think the loss of because a lot of gyms had like community like they mm. had like a a, uh, a lot some of the gyms I went to when I was like growing up like I started lifting when I was like 18 and um some of the gyms I've been to or I've been a regular at, they've had like a little community of people mm-hmm. and they were quite like welcoming. Some of them weren't. Some of them, like, one of the main gym I like really cut my teeth in was like, it was, it was a big commercial gym and it had one like weight room and the door was always closed and you went in there and it was like scary because it, I would go during the day and it would be people that weren't, maybe their, maybe their like means of employment wasn't, a nine to five in the office do you know what i mean so it would be like like hood guys like street guys and like people like that you know like road men basically yeah and uh i would just train with them and they were all well older than me and it was like that was that was pretty that was pretty like people would come in they'd like open the door walk in the weight room and be like "Mm," and then walk back out again you know what i mean like it wouldn't be it wasn't but like if you were if you're kind of like if you had like a if you're like me and you have a chip on your shoulder and you're a bit like oh, I'm going to prove myself in here then yeah, then yeah. you kind of earn people's respect but yeah. you had to you had to kind of take some take a bit of uh, people like kind of I don't know like violating you a little bit like throwing dumbbells near you and stuff like that like um, <laughs> yeah but like other gyms like I feel like I've been to other gyms where there's like a proper community and you go mm. in there and people say hello to you and like I think commercial gyms are missing that. And like it doesn't matter how you like paint the gym, like it doesn't matter how like you 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 try and like um, put this top down thing of like oh we're really welcoming gym. If the community isn't there, it's mm. it's not going to be welcoming. Like in, do you know in, what I mean? In but underground gym, there was quite a good community. I don't know what yeah. it's like now because I've moved into a different area and it's just not around the corner for me anymore. Um, also, I got ill every time. I just had to put my face close to the ground there because I like just not the cleanest place probably. Um, but I think the community was pretty good. Um, I think I the, feel like the way it's kind of um, marketed, like underground, it's in the name. It is in the name, I mean? yeah. It was pretty it's, underground. It, but, but I mean, the print. way it's marketed is like kind of a bit like, you know, we're, the, we're, the, we're a hardcore and everything. But then they also want to feel like, they, they also want to promote that like community inclusive mm. thing. So it kind of is a bit jarring, like it doesn't really work. Do you know what I mean? Really? Um, I feel like you can be underground and still nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for a newcomer, for someone yeah. new to the gym. No, for someone new, that is a yeah. very intimidating gym to go mm. to. Like the music's super loud. Everyone yeah. there is like 
well not everyone but most people are there on a mission they train for mm. either bodybuilding competitions or powerlifting or they mm. do some martial arts stuff um so yeah how was your experience when you got like a plan from me and then and then you like had to go to a gym to like do it oh very good because i just send you 700 messages throughout my session be like help (laughs) (laughs) um no it was it was good also by then i had an idea already i had like i knew what to do because it was quite straightforward so i knew most of the things you also i think you sent me videos as well or Mm. i looked up the videos or asked Mm. my sister so it was quite straightforward um yeah Cool. This is not the time and place to get your customer service reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could, I still like, do if you the could put that on, sometimes. If you could put that on Google, that'd be really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as all three of us being like proponent proponents of uh, lifting for parkour, like I'm also just a proponent for lifting for stuff. Yeah. Some people are like, yeah, 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 for sure, asking me for my program. Sometimes I just don't train for parkour. I just train to be. Yeah. to lift as heavy as I can mm-hmm. and I don't really right. care if it makes my jump small or big or whatever it's just like I just really enjoy lifting weights full yeah. stop yeah yeah absolutely I mean I get that it's hard to like uh, get other people in the parkour parkour community into that like get them to drink the weightlifting mm-hmm. Kool-Aid as well <laughs> like um, but yeah um, it's it's hard to make people see that as fun like Louis Alkmin has been lifting a bit and he's like I really don't find it fun like and, and, and yeah. re- he really needs like discipline and motivation and everything yeah. for it it's like I didn't we, find it fun to us, start off with yeah, like, not really I don't yeah. think I didn't find it fun I remember periods. being like this is yeah. horrible I think the stronger you get it's just empower- for me personally it was just super empowering right. to cool. get stronger yeah so um like bearing in mind like the the barriers to entry and all like the mental obstacles for for women like it's it's probably way worse to get into strength training in general but for parkour like i remember speaking to rachel about like the gym being like a shit hotbed of toxic masculinity as well uh when i was trying to get her on a program a couple of years ago uh what a few tips of advice would you give for either women or just parkour people in general um to go to a lifting gym yeah I mean, yeah yeah to like go in how with did a plan you eventually right go in with a plan or go in with someone who can help because mm. going with someone takes, oh yeah for takes sure away the the fear i guess mm. uh, i went in with my sister so also in a gym that was run by my sister's boyfriend so it was very like easy way in for me i guess uh, but yeah go in with a plan and then if your plan has exercises on them that you don't know what they are just you can literally any exercise you can just put into google and it will come up with like a 20 second youtube video that shows you exactly what to Mm. do and then if you go into the gym and you know the areas also go when it's not busy i i really dislike going at like peak times because everything's busy you have to wait but if you knew you might just step away from stuff easier or you feel rushed if someone comes up to me and asking me how many sets i've left it just annoys me i'm yeah. like it takes as long as it takes yeah your turn but if you're new and it just you, you takes might just saying like, that as well stressed. like mm-hmm. just say i've i have 80 sets left yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> and i will take three minutes in between and they're, they're um. the fucking people as well it's like oh yeah and they'll just like stand near the squat rack or something yeah. and just like and just like rush you just yeah. with their presence and you've just got to block that to be shit fair, out. I'm like, I'm just, when all lifting platforms in my gym are used, 
I'm literally like, just like 10 meters away, well, maybe not even 10 meters away. I'll just do something else, but my yeah. eyes are constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah to make like, sure you're not going to get And as soon as someone just looks person. like they're like finished, I'm there. I'm just sprinting towards it. I'm like, that's yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, that's my advice. I think go in with the plan um, because it takes, and just don't be scared to ask because mostly people in gyms are very mm. helpful. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. I think um, it's, it's like uh, when people are, people have this barrier to like, a lot of the barriers to entry are like with are internal like they're kind yeah, of yeah. made up by yourself like barriers to entry in parkour it's like I don't want to show up to a jam because people are going to judge mm. me for like not being very good it's like mm. no people are going to judge you if you don't try if you if you're sincerely like here yeah. to like have fun and like try hard mm. and like get better everyone's going to be very welcoming and like yeah. you know help you actually. especially in the parkour community like yeah. we it's super prevalent wherever you go like yeah not even that the meme of the culture of effort has been passed down it's like for some reason it has just remained a thing mm -hmm. like yeah i don't know if it's like been well what, what i mean to say is like that exists within the gym to yeah. some degree yeah um, that's that's what i'm saying yeah, as well like, yeah like anyone that's like really worked hard to get strong or like really worked hard to get good at specific exercises or anything mm. they're gonna I mean, some people are dicks. Like that's just what it is. Yeah. Like you, and you might be that. unlucky. Like you might ask somebody who is a dick, but there, there's going to be other people there. Do you know what I mean? And the other the other thing to say as well is like the like when you say like get a plan, you don't have to buy a plan. Like there are free plans online. Mm. There are like there's plenty of stuff you can find for free, and you also don't need to go to a gym. You could like start off with body weight. You can mm. like you know calisthenics and some hill sprints they're gonna go much mm. further than doing nothing mm. like you know it, it, it's uh it's accessible i think you know what i mean yeah 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 for sure <laughs> right um i'm <laughs> oh shit did i kill that sorry <laughs> no 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 i think that, that was a good full stop that was a great full stop um i want to go into how you found yourself in the professional realm in parkour because you weren't you were practicing parkour for how many years before you moved to england in 2015 four maybe um but my my start into parkour wasn't like i started and i stuck with it it was more i started parkour and then went to sweden to do my university there didn't really train while i was there quite the opposite parted loads um then moved back to austria um and started getting i remember my very first parkour job was a show in a supermarket and i was paid 20 euros nice and i was so chuffed that's better that. than exposure yeah um, yeah i was so chuffed with that because i was like i mean i was very bad like i, I couldn't really i wasn't even doing parkour properly like i was how far in was it I don't really remember, but I was just doing bad. Just getting by on gymnastics skills. Yeah, pretty much, and just I don't know, just I can't even remember what I did. Probably a few handstands, a few cartwheels, because yeah. there was no not really obstacles, but it was really cool. And then the second job was also in a supermarket. Um, what supermarkets? <laughs> I've never had a job like in a openings, super. Nothing. You're just an opening, and you just like the show act. It's right. more like a yeah, kind of like you're the the to attract people i don't know oh, but right. i got paid 300 euros and that was 
because I, I, I worked in a bar um, as a student and to get 300 euros you have to work shitloads of hours yeah. so the 300 pounds in or euros in one afternoon in a supermarket while also getting free food sounded very very good hmm. um, but it, it was never like a oh this is my way into the professional I didn't even know you could do this professionally that's why I was so happy to get money yeah and then I had two jobs come in one close to the other that actually paid like proper money like commercial jobs without even trying to get them because I didn't know those jobs existed also right. I'm like quite short and in my head I wasn't going to be in front of a camera for any commercial for any big brand because I was just not a model that yeah. in my head that was it that that was like right I would never be able to do that and what what the what the hell is that in your in your mentality as well that like you would get hired for like parkour stuff in front of a camera like you'd have to be like a certain stature as well like but, but that is some what the case though like that's some sometimes because that's that wouldn't be like, like a part of what we would think like with like as a male or something like our height being a hindrance into the yeah but at the same time i think it might be like you might be very naive to think oh that clients don't care they would mm. because yeah. for example i had a, a job with adidas um this was quite early on that was one of my first jobs that i had and it was a performance and everyone who was hired was they were models like they came from a dance background but they were all like model height and everything right. and it was for a collection that hadn't been released yet so they only had samples and everything was too big on me like i, I looked like just in the wrong clothes so sometimes it is actually the case where it's like if you're too short then that is not in your favor especially also for guys i think because if mm. you're in front of a camera with other people and yeah, then that's the, the women are taller if yeah. you're like just on your own it doesn't really matter yeah, but yeah, as soon what... as you put in the mix with other people and you can actually tell mm. yeah now it has changed so much because now we're like almost 10 years later and brands actually go for people who don't look like models often they, they want to have variety they yeah, want to have more like diversity yeah everyone should be included but that wasn't really all too much of a case like when i started mm. so i didn't even think of it first of all i didn't know that was a job that was possible i <laughs> would never have thought that i would get those jobs um so when it kind of happened it was more like a i slipped into it without even wanting to but then at some point also meeting other people who were doing like making a living from it mm. in my head i was like actually i think this could work and because i was still a student i could take the time off to just try so that's when right. i moved to the uk right um, so it was only like around 2015 when you i did i've done some jobs before but university was always my priority like it wasn't my priority to get jobs in parkour yeah. it was my priority to train and to do my university and then when i realized i could potentially make a living from it and travel the world with it and mm. experience things that i wouldn't if i just went into a oh, normal yeah, for job sure. yeah that passion and like just life yeah. experience also, must have been making that more uh more appealing at yeah that time. and also when i moved to the uk all i wanted to do was train like, yeah. it wasn't even about getting the jobs i just wanted to train and then it all just kind of snowballed into yeah. what what happened where i managed to make a career i managed to get sponsorships um i think i was just really lucky and also at the right time right place put in a lot of work as well and somehow managed mm. to make a living jumping off walls for a very long time <laughs> yeah. i'm still amazed with it yeah 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 
And then you were, um, how long after moving to the UK were you then invited onto Storm Free Run? And I'm not only going to put it down to nepotism as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> certainly. Actually, I'm not quite sure. Maybe 2016. Right. Yeah, so I moved to the UK 2015 and then 2016, I think I joined Storm officially. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I say it's like not strictly due to nepotism as well because like you are you were one of the leading females in the sport back then that for sure and still are the only ones and still are <laughs> back then there wasn't that many women yeah, around that's the thing yeah. yeah yeah i mean before before you pam forster no no i guess pam forster uh preceded you she was earlier bit. she was yeah. quite early i remember starting parkour in austria so not too far away from where pam lived mm. and someone was like oh there's another girl training she lives in vienna she competes at a high level because mm. um, i think that was the red bull out of motion was in vienna that year yeah. that i started i think um i just thought it was like amazing and i also saw lucy because she was yeah. competing lucy at that level. Yeah. yeah i didn't go personally but i watched the videos and i heard the stories because lucas steiner so the the guy that I trained with in Austria, he ran the gym, he competed. So that's how I got to know all the people that were competing. Um, and Pam was one of them. And I got to train with her quite early on, which was very cool. Yeah. And then, and you competed alongside them at Red Bull Art of Motion. What, y what years did you compete? And then what year did you take Best Woman? I only competed once. I qualified twice, oh. but then broke my hand a week before the competition. So I went. Fuck, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. yeah. So then I, I, I still went there because I was going to, or maybe two weeks before. Was that 2017, the one where. No, that was to, 2015. Santorini. Right. That I, um, that I broke, like, uh, qualified and then broke my hand and still went uh, because I thought, it's fine. I can just do a run with one hand. <laughs> um, and I remember Lucy helped me put together a run and she was like, yeah, you can do this. This is fine. This is good. And then, Pe um, not Pedro, Sergio was begging me not to compete. Oh, really? <laughs> he was like, don't do it. It's so stupid. Oh, and I was man. like, no. He was like, but what if I don't get another chance? This is my chance to do it. It um, would have been a cool challenge, but like mm, if it made yeah. your injury worse. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's what Sergio was thinking. He was yeah, saying, yeah. don't, don't also, like done, compete and just like put yourself yeah. at risk. And I everything, wouldn't have but... done a good run, I don't think. Like it would have been a run with one hand. Mm. and working around a, a bad injury like i had yeah. two uh, bones broken in my hand um Fuck. couldn't use it at, well, it was pretty bad i took my cast off and taped wow. it and thought like this is fine no one can even tell you took your cast off uh, yeah <laughs> you are a different breed um, yeah. and then um yeah i remember sergio was like please don't and then i decided not to because uh, yeah i thought maybe it's a bit stupid what, what year and was then, this sorry this is 2015, 2015 and then 2016 okay. that's I, when you won yeah, I qualified again mm -hmm. and then competed injury-free. Um, and then I remember Nico uh, coming up to me after the... Because he was one of the ones who said, like, don't compete, it's just not worth it th on d in 2015. And I was like, yeah, but what if this is my only chance? Mm. And then 2016, I remember Nico coming up to me and like he hugged me and he was like, see, it was worth the wait. And I was like, yeah, actually, it was. So I was very glad right. I didn't compete the first year I and see. then second year was yeah. good. Yeah. I've been at competitions where people have reached the finals. I think Christine Dietrich and also Seb, Seth Ruji. Right. Um, I'm not going to say his full last name because I wait, 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 wait. can't pronounce it. Go Seth Ruji 
Oh, fuck. No. Oh, I felt confident for a second. <laughs> Ruji Pino. Okay. Seth Ruji Ruravira Pino. Okay. Viri, no, Viri Pino. Seth Ruji Vir... Nah, I've I'm lost it. So sorry, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I tried. <laughs> Seth Ruji Ruravira Pino. Oh, sick. That might be it. Hardest name in parkour. Yeah. Hardest yeah, name. Um, yeah, the first NAPC I went to, they both, I think they both got through to the final. And they both had, I don't know if Christine had an ankle injury, but I know Seth had an ankle injury. And they both did their finals on it, on, on these like <coughs> horrific injuries. Yeah. That, and I know Christine said following that, like, I'm, I, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. I think back so, then I was very comfortable, confident thinking it's not that bad. You deal with the injury later as in like mm. you, you can make it worse yes but then you deal with it afterwards mm. then after i went through my shin injury i was like i'm not ever gonna make an injury worse for the sake of a competition or yeah, yeah. I, I say for a job but then i did jobs on wrists that were kind bit, of broken but also you can work around it's it a bit different when you're like trying to survive or pay the bills or mm. you, you know you need for the sure. money but yeah. like and i get it in competition as well again like a lot of people are hoping or mm. like they're they're pinning like people that are like routinely hitting podium spots mm. and they they want that they need that money mm. you know because they might be a professional athlete i get like thinking like right oh, this is worth the risk or whatever but yeah yeah, yeah i would never i don't, don't ever think it's worth the risk like knowing how much money i spent on injuries uh, mm. trying yeah, to sort yeah. it yeah, out like thing. flying around europe mm. paying for incredible i had a, a doctor in switzerland who was incredibly good but he charged by the minute <laughs> And Jeez. it just oh, yeah. wasn't good for Basil, my wallet whatsoever. Yeah. Then the machine I had to buy. Oh, um, fucking ultrasound machine. Don't get me started on that waste of money. I mean, they were saying like, <laughs> oh, it might help, it might not help. But I was, because I, all I wanted was the to get back into training. The most expensive of passive treatments. It, it, was, it was more expensive than my car. And it didn't work. What? It's an expensive, <laughs> it's an expensive placebo. Wow. Uh, it was, it was, um, it, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of money that I spent on an injury. Yeah. Oh, so now it's like, yeah. it's worth yeah. I think the to miss out on money to just not have to spend Multiple it. trips to Switzerland. The longer, the longer you've been training for as well, and the, the more, maybe the more competitions you go to, or the more mm. events you attend, the more you're inside the sport, the more you realise like, okay, like, Maybe I should make a, make a, the correct decision for the long yeah. term rather mm. than this yeah. like, short term. Like, yeah. I think one of the one of the things about like training for so long is that um, now when I like, I, I remember being younger and like seeing a challenge and being like so driven to get this challenge and being so emotionally invested in it. Yeah. And I think like it's kind of gone the other way for me now where I'm like I've trained for so long I'm like I can always come back to this. Yeah. And so, like, there's not that pressure on me anymore. But that mm. does mean I make good decisions about injuries. So when mm. I when I feel something coming on, I'm like, I'm not now panicking and like or like um, just trying to train through it. I'm like, I know, mm. I know, I'm gonna be able to. You know, this is like yeah. maybe a a few months where I can't train as much. Yeah. Well, I had that after the yeah. shin injury where you like look at the challenge and then you kind of like, ah, oh, not today. I can come back to it. But then I made it a habit. And it got into a bad yeah. habit of me stepping away from way. challenges. Yeah, 100%. And then mm. this year was actually, and this is long after it's healed, 
this summer was the first summer where I felt like I've have that I have that back where I can just mm. stick with the challenge and not walk away from it and actually like work mm. through it and mm-hmm. it's been yeah the best training to mm. get back to that mentality a little bit. But it is great to learn that restraint and to see the bigger picture and to it's it's a shift of priorities to see yeah. like. I respect anyone who has their priorities on competition as well as I respect mm. people's priorities being on self-improvement just in the sport or training for video parts or whatever. Like I respect everyone who's pushing themselves mm. no matter what it is. Um, fuck, what was I saying? <laughs> you respect we, everyone. We respect everyone. Everyone gets respect. Everyone gets respect. Yeah, just, just loads of respect. Um, but it is that shift in priorities once you see the bigger picture and realise I do want to be training this thing that gives me so much joy and value and fulfilment in my mm. life for, for the long haul that yeah. it might not be the best idea to mm-hmm. just spunk your body up the wall on just one competition or just one jump and have this like kind of nihilistic mindset um, yeah yeah also a lot of when i see a lot of people especially online when they're like injured or going for challenges that they don't look like they're super comfortable with mm. so i was like how much has social media changed the mentality of training and just well yeah chucking stuff and just hoping that it gets a lot of views and i just yeah, personally, I don't, don't, I don't, don't enjoy I, it whatsoever. I think that's the the, the the thing with um social media is that it's always been a part of the sport. Like, mm. from mm. The, the very beginning, the, the whole reason the sport, like, proliferated, yeah. do you know what I mean? Was because of sharing videos mm. and people were copying the videos and, like, yeah. kind of seeing that. And but we should be super fucking grateful for, yeah. for like Speed Air Man and those yeah, original yeah. videos actually coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah. and like anyone that's saying like, oh, you should only be training for yourself and like you shouldn't film and everything like they were back in the day. It's like, what the fuck got you into parkour? <laughs> like, yeah. it was Speed yeah. Air Man. It was yeah. the Yamakasi videos, yeah. and they're the people that you idolize so much. And then it's like, yes, they filmed their videos. Yeah, and if exactly. if David Bell wasn't a narcissist enough to mm. like do like some fucking kata routine before like doing manpower gap and all that stuff then like how did people not see through that shit as well and see like he was he, he's probably a bit of a narcissist yeah, like yeah, this guy yeah. that we idolize so much well he's just making cool stuff like yeah. like and that's what we want to do make cool stuff like mm. make, you know what i mean and there's uh it was authentic to him yeah yeah sure. yeah definitely and you can tell when something's not authentic i think yeah but like, which is what you're i think you're getting at is like mm, when, when even on it's more like the because a lot of more people do it now as well Mm. and you can get you can make you it's so much harder to make a name for yourself now than it is like 10 years ago because there's just not as many people i guess um Mm. so if you're at high level and you travel around and you meet people it's Mm -hmm. not easy but it's easier to make a name but now there's so many good people and everyone's trying to make a name Mm. the easiest way easiest way to do that is Mm. um to be recognized online to get like a video that is that kind of like m- mm. makes it where people you get attention and i think there's a lot of people who try to do that and then it's often do you do it to get the attention or do you do it i mean either way it's a choice you make and yeah. it's fair like what mm. just yeah either way it's pushing the sport but what i worry about is the relationship that people have to their practice and like 
I think there are good sides to NBD culture that may outweigh the cons, but I, I flip between mm. like hating NBD culture, never been done. Yeah. Never, yeah. never been done. Never before done. Yeah, because it is pushing. It's genuinely pushing the yeah. sport, like pushing yeah. what humans are yeah. actually capable of. But it's it's more like the extrinsically driven uh, motivations behind those actions, which like. For for me, I don't really care about necessarily care about the motivations. It's more like okay, like what what are we classing as MBD? Like what 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 <laughs> right. are we? Because like. There's a million possibilities and variations of movements yeah, to do yeah, within, yeah, a, yeah. within a particular sure. thing, but is it hard? Like, do we do we do we recognize that it's difficult to do mm. for this particular person? Is even like for this individual? Yeah. Do we recognize that it's difficult to do? <laughs> I just have it because my water's empty and throat's sticky. And do we like do we recognize that it's like novel in a way that like is is interesting? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So um, like triple cork, Bailey's triple cork off IMAX block is probably not like... <laughs> don't care. I don't care. It's but like, yeah, it is an MBD. Yeah, it's, for that particular location. But like, who cares? Like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive, but still. Yeah, yeah of course. Saying it's of course, a, like, respect it's a for unique being MBD at yeah. IMAX. But like, um, that's like super cringe, like um, trying, to, trying to hunt for these things. Do you know what I mean? Like... When is um, <laughs> the exercise ball hit the camera? Um, yeah, when people are trying to hunt for these things, and it and it and it's um, yeah, it's they're seeing that as the avenue to to gain yeah. like recognition and it's, and it's understandable yeah. as well if you really want to make oh, yeah. a name for yourself. I, I can fully understand mm. it, but it's mm. more what I want. What I think what I wanted to say before I can't really remember because I'm getting quite tired is that's worrying because that's where your body might take the toll. Yeah, as in like you you don't listen to your body and you don't like you would train through injuries mm. or you and I've, I've done it in the past yeah. because I just yeah, didn't want to stop I don't think we can really draw any like m- me personally anyway I don't think I can <coughs> I'm not going to place any moral judgment over yeah. someone that like wrecks their body to do amazing things within yeah. the sport in a short period of time because like, you don't know their priorities I value well. longevity yeah. but they, they they don't have to yeah. like well, who am I to tell somebody else like oh you you need to be able to do this sport for as long as possible mm. like that's up to them yeah. like that's uh, totally on them and there's no like moral like thing for me there where I'm like mm. oh this is a good thing this is a bad thing it's some like, people don't mind being those short sparks yeah and that's that leave their imprint on the sport and then 100% yeah yeah but chances yeah, are the, 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 the at the exponential rate that um parkour is uh kind of evolving like if you're that short spark and you make your little imprint that's that's going to be irrelevant in a few years like (laughs) honestly like like i think the most notable people are the ones that have shined brightly for the longest like the phil doyles Mm. like the ed scotts tim champions like all these people that have been in the game for a very long time now like that are consistently sick like Mm. i don't know Maybe the short spark mm. is like, like even even Dorian Shano, like um, the kid that did the three sixty pre at IMAX, the 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 big downward one, like, and he did a few like, like yeah, he made a he made a big imprint, and I don't think he's injured or anything, but I don't know what the fuck he's doing on Instagram right now, like <laughs> he's being very Instagrammy, um, and 
he strikes me as one of those short sparks. I hope he's not. I hope he continues in doing like. Cool yeah, but people stuff, said but... this about Verky as well, like early days of like, oh, he's gonna, you know, what I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he's he's doing stuff that's super destructive for oh, his okay. body or anything. Right, I'm not, right, saying, I'm not even saying. saying that. Uh, it's more like he's made an imprint, and then like they're they're like fly fly by night temps. Right, like okay. they yeah, yeah. they'd come and go, leave their mark, and but there are people that are like they're in for the long haul they stay and they keep leaving like these little imprints mm. and I, I, I Phil Doyle springs to mind because he's been mm. around for fucking ever and he's still yeah. like three MBDs yeah. at Suicide Wall the other day like yeah that was very cool yeah and he's were, against MBDs as well like, Phil hates that, MBD culture <laughs> there, were, there were ones that counted though yeah I mean I don't know <laughs> yeah um you know what were we saying <laughs> anyways anyways back to Lynn to me <laughs> no i sound like katie <laughs> that's fine because people get confused yeah like, yeah katie um <laughs> i think someone said who was it at the climbing i was like oh i'm katie i was like what <laughs> did you um... oh yeah yeah that was max ward <laughs> oh yeah he called he called you katie yeah oh bless him <laughs> you should have introduced her as katie on the on the podcast Oof. at the beginning that would have been brilliant that would have been cute wouldn't it Mm. I'm interested to know what what has been because you have had maybe more parkour jobs and opportunities than a lot of people a lot of people that have been trying to make a living in parkour I'm interested to know what are your worst <laughs> jobs let's um, start with your absolute dead worst my worst there's two to choose from I think that really like stand out as bad because I've mostly they've been really really good and I've been really lucky but there's two that stand out as a bit bad one of them was um, a commercial shoot for a German um, brand um, shot in South Africa it never aired uh, unfortunately because it turned out pretty cool but it was so exhausting um, they tried to cramp in so much into the few shooting days that we had I also had my shin fracture already but didn't oh. know so I was in a you're lot of pain you still working through I that. was still working so I, I was in a lot of pain but obviously like you have to work you show up to work and mm. do the work um, but I remember not even having time to eat um, when I wanted to go to the loo they would give me like a time they'd be like ah oh, oh, okay but you have to be back in two minutes I was like it takes as long as it takes <laughs> I need to get to the loo um, it was it was a, like they o really really overworked me but then also they almost killed me straight mm. up almost killed me um, how um hypothermia i my body temperature oh, dropped to 32 and the medics had to call off the shoot and then the director was asking um the the medics how long they would have to put me under a hot shower to keep me working again and this is like <laughs> close to midnight like oh this is like oh my god leave night. her alone <laughs> and it's like because I, I remember so first of all because they were speaking german they didn't know i was like i can speak german as well because i was speaking english to the oh, stunt team fuckers. and one of the stunts was a front flip from a four meter platform into water but the water was actually a wooden platform and it was just like a hole cut out into the wooden platform and I had to front flip through it um, and we had rehearsed it with like soft like padding and everything but then when the actual wood went in um, they asked me the stunt team asked me how comfortable I would be with the width and length of the hole because it wasn't that big like it was right. it had to be quite precise it was quite scary and I said like yeah if I can have my arms like spread and not hit the wood if I land in the middle that'd be nice because then 
there's room for error. Uh, and I mean, that's not that much room for error either. And then I could hear the director and one of the assistants talk in German saying like, yeah, yeah, just make it a little bit smaller, kind of like, she'll be fine. And I was just like yelling oh, from the top. Like, this is the only job I've ever yelled at a director or anyone on set. I was just yelling down in German, just being like, I can understand you guys. Like, I'm not gonna jump. They also built a platform a meter higher than it was meant to be. So it was different from practice. So I was just like, I'm not gonna jump. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in the evening, it was just uh, loads of uh, being in the water, being underwater, hadn't eaten properly in the sun all day. And then I was super, super cold, like super cold. I remember just being like unable to move properly, but just walking up the the tower and just like kind of flopping into the water and then having to stay underwater for as long as I could. It's also so <laughs> weird that like, like, why didn't they just fucking choose a diver rather than like a parkour athlete? Oh no, because most of it was parkour. It was actually a lot right. of parkour. This was just the end scene, um, but I have to be had to be underwater for a while. And this is before I started getting a bit into free diving. Um, and then suddenly I wasn't cold anymore. I was mm. like, ah, oh, weirdly I'm fine. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, and then the medics were like, are you fine? I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. And they're like, we think you're not good. <laughs> and then yeah, I had dropped to 32 and then they called it off and everything. And then um, that was probably like the worst just because they almost killed me. And the second worst job, which is also kind of funny because I made a lot of friends on this job, but I was working on cats. <laughs> I knew this was, oh, I knew yeah. this was coming. I, I was waiting. And a lot known. of my anxiety <laughs> came from that movie. should have known. So this was five months, five or six months of work um, on the movie. And everyone who, I think that was the worst bit of it. Everyone who was doing the movie, uh, but me was casted for singing. Um, as well as dancing or whatever they were doing. So when I showed up, they gave me a notebook and I was like, oh no, no, I'm not one of the singers. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you are. I was like, no, no, I'm not, believe me, I'm I'm not. Uh, but I was, and I cannot read notes and I can't sing, I can't hold a note. I had to sing in front of people and it was, it was so much anxiety. Every single day going to work, I was like, oh my God, I have to sing in front of people. Yeah. And then when it comes- Didn't they turn off your mic in the end? When it came to the shooting, they didn't mic me <laughs> and I was like wait a second I've done months of singing in front of people I'm gonna sing and I sang without a mic <laughs> oh, but yeah it was it, it was just so a, quite long to be on a job where you don't really get much to to do like I yeah. wasn't doing much yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. one day a lot of trailer because I was you're like no no because you're you're still on set you're still like in the background somewhere mm. like right. you that cat just oh, sitting okay. somewhere sleeping somewhere and I remember Did you have to like lick your Pause and shit. Yeah. And you, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say you still have like some feline esque ticks? So, that sometimes you, like... I have like a, a tick when I land. I'm like, because <laughs> we we went through cat school, That's so we had weird. to I don't, do. I don't, I don't, nah. That this sounds is, like is, trauma. This is furry shit. We had to do. Oh, no in the wonder. podcast with Rachel, we talk about like furries and stuff, and I thought furries oh. were only like a sexual kind of thing. I've, apparently yeah. it's not apparently there's like a community wait what is this it's beyond just the they're, they're a group that I am very confident saying I I have a prejudice against <laughs> <laughs> no okay I'm not one of those groups okay it's just bestiality so. isn't it? it's just... <laughs> um, I'm, I'm joking by the way I don't mean that everyone's great okay everyone's we, respect we respect everyone, everyone, everyone as I said earlier yeah but then we did went we did go through cat school, so it was like hours of just learning how to walk like a cat, smell like a cat, so like pretend to be a cat, and it was quite fun because no, no, from cool, dancing, yeah. like from dance background, I quite like like improv stuff and weird stuff. So I, I did enjoy that bit, 
But then there was long days on set, and I remember we were all cats, just waking up from like catnip or something like that, like just kind of when you're drowsy. And then the cat trainer came up to me, and this is after hours of me just lying on the floor and just being like, considering my life choices. And she came up to me and she said, Lynn, your cat looks a bit dead. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. It is dead inside. It's like, I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, so that was it. So it's quite funny to think back, but during the job, I was quite miserable. I was, there was lots of crying. And was it well paid, though, the job itself? Yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's... Because it's like a major production, right? Yeah, like, but it wasn't stunt rates. Uh, it okay. was dancers' rates, which is less. Right. But it's still good. Because mm, if you're working fuckers. solid for like five or six months every single day with overtime, mm. it really adds up. Like, yeah, it, imagine, it gave yeah. me a good, like, starting point f- to put down a mortgage, like a deposit on a mortgage. So, mm. yeah, deposit on a house. Deposit on a mortgage, that would be bad. Deposit on a house. So, yeah, mm. it was good money. My favourite review of that film was... It was the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. <laughs> the funniest one I've seen is that 2020 was the punishment for cats being released in 2019. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, See, hell. it got really bad reviews. I haven't seen it. Um, and I think I, I think I want to see it without the music. I have to have to oh, yeah. because the music I, I used to wake Hauntingly. up and just like sing the songs and yeah. having to definitely yeah, trigger. Magical Mr. Mustafa's. Oh. No, it's like a Jellicle Cat song. That's the worst one. You got to meet uh, Judy Dench and Sir. Oh, Ian. I got to double her. Ian. Oh wow. Yeah, I got to double Judy Dench, and I was sitting on this lion in this coat, like the massive coat, surrounded by people singing, and then I had like microphone in, and then they were asking me to mime her lines. I was like, why would I know her lines? It's like I just <laughs> <laughs> sat on the lion. I was like, um, no. I can't because I don't know them. Um, so yeah, I got to, to double her. I didn't do an, an exciting stand, obviously. Mm. Just sat on a high. Oh right, yeah, they couldn't be bothered to stick her up there and put a <laughs> wire on her. Yeah, nice. No, I think it would have been too dangerous for her to do. They wouldn't right. even because she had a body double. They wouldn't let the body double do it because they said it was oh. too dangerous. But then right. I, I know I remember the body double really wanted to do it, uh, but she wasn't allowed to. And then they got me up there because I look like Judy Dench apparently. I disagree, but yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what was your, what has been your favourite job? Uh, the one I did last year, I think I had two jobs back to back. That it's were Burj Khalifa, really isn't fun. it? It's Burj Khalifa. <laughs> yeah. It's just because it's one of those that you you will never tick off your list. Like it's not a thing yeah. that you can do. It's not like oh I would like to do this and like, you can. You can't unless you become a window cleaner in yeah. Dubai. And it's it's, it's another not... one. It's like it's super weird why they didn't just get like an abseiler or something, someone that's good at like abseiling and doing. You want to say I'm not good at abseiling? You oh, had one offense. like practice session with Aslan in over. No, that's not true. I abseiled in London no, for a job as well. No, and we I abseiled in London for a job. I had a job. The bigger white cliff. Yeah, I was I was really scared. Wait, what was um, the one in London? I did a job in London where I upsailed the is it the Olympic Tower, whatever it's called, the red one in the Olympic Park. The Olympic Tower that's like just a weird mesh of like Yeah, like red rusted like, weird, yeah. metal. You can so you're gonna upsail there. So I did that one. That was scarier than the Burst to be honest. Um, even though it's a lot <laughs> less like I don't know it's, why it's for like some reason. It's like hundred and fifty stories shorter. Yeah, for some reason it was just scary. I don't know if it was the day that, because on the day where I did absolute Burj Khalifa, I just had, I just felt 
great. Yeah, and that's um, just like the team, <laughs> the team of people around you. Or? Yeah, just being probably being son. Also, I just had finished another job um, with X Dubai, and which was for Jeep, and it was like a week in the desert, just just pretty much camping in the desert and mm. being surrounded by cool people. So, yeah, I just had a good week, and then it ended it upsetting the Burj Khalifa. Um, it's nice. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, fucking hell, that's probably up there in in the best one of the best parkour jobs anyone's ever had like honestly like yeah yeah it was pretty sweet I, I saw so many funny things um so i i absolutely a few times um and then once on the way down because they had to find the right height and everything for the camera angle and the drone and so i was stuck up there for quite a while and there was like two kids inside mm. yeah like they came and like waved at me and they're like tried to talk to me, offered me food through a window, which was closed. And then their mom couldn't see me, but they had, I think they had, she had a go at them. Um, and I just like watched, cause you, it's so surreal. It was just like on the outside of a building where Literally no one thinks Literally a fly on the wall. Yeah. And it's just, and the kids were so cute. It was really, really nice. And then they lowered me down to a few levels down more. And there was just guys half naked in their like kitchen living room, <laughs> dancing and probably singing. I couldn't hear them. And I was stuck there for quite a while. And there's nothing I can do. Cause I'm stuck. Like I'm not like, just, I'm yeah, just like, yeah, that's yeah, me yeah. here now. You just got your feet on their window. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, so hey. after a while, I was like, should I just knock and wave? Or would that be super weird? Like, would they just freak out? So I was just like, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't even like notify the residents. Like, oh, how many people would they had to? It's also surprising that people actually fucking live in that building. It's like 160 stories tall. Like, yeah. It was it was a cool experience. Seeing the sunrise sure. and the sunset on it was probably the best because oh my God. other than having someone talking to my ear <laughs> occasionally, you're just completely peaceful and quiet in a big, big city. So it was really nice. Mm. Enjoyed that. Would do it again, definitely. Oh, yeah. Don't bring, think bring it, me, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna like that opportunity is gonna come up again. But there's always other yeah. buildings, maybe. To, yeah. Where to can people more. find footage of this? I think if the thing is if if you type in like woman on Burj Khalifa, high up or something like that, there'll be they, the Emirates chick. There's on the, the top, Emirates, <laughs> the, the Emirates girl, yeah, um, who did, but well, she's not really an Emirates girl. She, she's a sky yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she did a commercial for an Emirates, um, uh, yeah, for Emirates. Is that what it's called? Just Emirates, Emirates Airline. Yeah, oh, Emirates Airlines. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the the first one that comes up, I think. So you'd probably have to type in Adidas. Mm. Adidas, Burj Khalifa, Lin Young, then it would come up, I think. Right. I should have a new showreel and put all that stuff in. Yeah, yeah. I should. I'd love to see it. Right, we've got to pull out the big guns now. Mm. Um, should I get the glass of wine just a I tiny was, bit I closer to I me? was going to move it towards you, yes. <laughs> yes, you've ruined that joke now. Um. <laughs> that <was quicker. laughs> Does what that happened? mean I'm fu- as funny as you, Callum? <laughs> yeah, you wish. What <laughs> happened to Storm Free Run? It's on everyone's minds, I'm sure, since they disappeared from the face of the earth. Although some of their ex-athletes are still trying to I was keep the name yesterday. going by wearing. You wore one of the. I wore, wore the sweater yesterday because everything needs to be washed. <laughs> right. It was. The, it was literally the last in the wardrobe. Or something. Uh, not quite. I quite like that sweater still. Which um, one? The one with the red font. I used to have it in grey and turquoise. But oh then yeah, someone yeah. Nicked it off yeah. Me. Oh, I saw that. I saw that on your story. I didn't yeah. even clock it. Mm. Well, you can 
not buy that online and never will no. be able to no. get Collect any storm stuff again. <laughs> yes, yes. Should be put in a museum. Um, yeah. Um, what happened to Storm? Um, for uh, so it's, it's quite hard to put into a small, concise. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much Where just. To start? Um, yeah. Where to start? <laughs> And where to end? Uh, pretty much I was running Storm. Like, not personally, I was running Storm, but I was doing in t 2020 when Kai stepped away from it. Uh, mm. Pretty much he was just kind of disappeared from it. Is that because um, of putting more emphasis on drone stuff? Yeah, so more on, on filming stuff. So he stepped away from Storm responsibilities. So yeah. I took over because there was so much still to be done. Like, there was so much... Because I remember he was he was skint for quite a while, and then like he started getting into the drone stuff like as a fail safe like continued um, mm. kind of career pursuit, which I think you pretty worked much worked out. You, yeah, well. it fucking worked out, but you pretty much funded it. Like oh yeah, it was a big big money bank for that one, but um, and for Storm as well, it was my money put yeah. in. Like I put my student loan into Storm to keep it afloat for a while, because okay. otherwise we would not have a. Um, we wouldn't have had the collection, I think, with the rain, the um, poncho and stuff like mm. that. That oh, came yeah. because I put money in, not put money in and never got it out. It was you like invested money in. into that poncho, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, right? <laughs> um, I, to be fair, I do love that poncho, honestly. I, th I think this was during a time where lots of brands were getting experimental. Mm. Yeah, um, I love that poncho. Like, yeah. Yeah, you guys Good are cutting edge. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, normal. No, I think normal mm. brand in particular were like doing some like mm -hmm. really out, like left field pieces. Pants. Pants. Which you were the model for. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did the pants commercial. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a bit late. No, no, no. I'm late. talking about. Um, they did the the kind of um, not kimono, but like the the kind of. Um, oh yeah. Japanese like thing, mm. and then yeah, was that not Frank? No, oh. uh, normal did one and. I think yeah, the Farang was pushing pushing yeah. the boat out as well, and yeah. I think you guys were doing a similar thing at the same. Yeah. You know, I think we only time. had to be fair. We only had the poncho that was a little bit more, like different. I it would was the say cream yeah. jumper. I think the shorts actually were was like a. I can't remember the, the shorts. Oh, remember the, the jean shorts, the, the really jean tight jean yeah. shorts. They weren't quite that? as tight as the thing though. When people size up, okay. than they normal sized and. I think it was because we took the photos, I actually remember this, we took the photos and Joe wanted to roll them up so they looked really short, short. But right. they weren't actually that short yeah. <laughs> if you didn't roll them up and had oh, the okay. size up. Yeah. But yeah, um, where was I going with this? It's about you, you had invested Oh yes, yeah, so I had invested money it, into yeah. it. So Before we started slating the sorry clothing. Yeah, the clothing. <laughs> I think Joe, to be fair, some of my favorite items came from that. Um, the tea and biscuit t-shirt I really mm. like that oh, yeah. that was really good yeah, yeah I really, really liked good. that and the people that really liked it yeah. um, <coughs> I still have people messaging me asking if there's still storm jeans left <laughs> um, I'm like mm. no there's not um, so yeah but anyways Kai got more busy with park, um, with camera stuff uh, but there was so much still to be done um, like customer like inquiries you have to reply yeah. to people who's also we had a lot of problems with the factories so one of the things was for example our clothing often smelled like cigarettes so what? yeah so they come back from the factory so they're new but they smell like cigarettes and you we on, you, you you were on james and james then that what the warehouse that stora was with at oh, the time. i think this is actually i think this is before it was went went to this the the warehouse maybe i got timelines confused as well this was when we had 
over 50 boxes in our living room. It would be concerning if it all smelled of cigarettes, if it was all coming from your living room, considering none of you no, smoke. No, but that's the thing. They came from the factory. So not from yeah. James and James. It was oh. like the factory in Turkey. We used the factory yeah. in Turkey. Um, it goes on back production with like, line. Just yeah. Yeah. Just um, or they would just be six. like, they would just <laughs> probably got rip. to if they're making fucking 40,000 yeah. shirts a day. Yeah. And they, they <laughs> were, no, it was actually good. Like we were quite, I think quite ethical and tried to be better. We tried to move over to, uh, to Lisbon for, or like Portugal. I think Portugal actually. Yeah. For factory. With, uh, Portugal yeah. Well. It's, it's really expensive. But personally for me, I was like, well, if I invest money into this, I do not want to support any like bad labor, like where people yeah. don't get paid. Yeah. So it was moving over to like, some of it was done in the UK, like all the printing and the embroidery and stuff. Mm. But then it was still in Turkey. Then we had the, the boxes in the living room. At some point, I just got sick of it. I was like, I can't I can't look at these boxes anymore. Mm. Um, so we put everything in James and James, which also obviously makes everything a bit more expensive because now you have to pay an additional like company to be like a middleman. Um, and then I was just, it was just getting too much for me. Um, I think just having my money in there, uh, but then also I was the only one in the end for like, I think January 2020 maybe, I was literally doing everything in terms of trying to manage everything. And then a few months in, I realized that I was being an absolute idiot for doing that. Um, so I stopped. And then when I stopped, that's when Storm stopped. Right. You were literally the last bastion of... I was the, the one trying to, to like keep it running because I was thinking, well, the guys could take it over. Like Ed and Tim, if they want to, they can t take it over. But also... Yeah do they want to take it over? Mm. Um, it was one of those questions and I eventually, mm. and I just, and it was a mess when I took it over. Like there was months and months of emails that hadn't been answered to, uh, angry customers. So mm. I was literally, for months, I was just, or weeks at least, going through all those inquiries and just apologizing and yeah. trying to make it right. And it takes a toll on, on your, like on everything because yeah. it's just like draining. Um, and then eventually I just thought, fuck it, uh, why am I doing this? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's so funny because it, it seems like everyone's a team player, like um, like Tim, Ed and Joe, until like the, like a job is dropped on your lap and it's like, well, here is Storm. Like, you can keep it going yeah. if you want. I mean, to be fair, um, I didn't have to do it. Yeah. That's the thing I remember Kai telling me, like, because I was saying like, it'd be really nice if I had some help with this because this is so over my head. And he was just like, you don't have to. And it's right, you don't, ha like, I, at no point did I have to do it, but I felt like, are we just letting this go to shit just like this? Mm. When there is still quite a bit of potential in it. Yeah. And also, yeah, it's a crazy legacy just to let go like that. Like, Storm, yeah. Storm Free Run has always been so iconic and huge, like, for it just mm. to kind of melt away for, like, and, it is, and it's so annoying as well because, like, Tim, Ed, and Joe could have kept it going. Yeah, I mean, I mean? Uh, Joe was focusing on university, which yeah, is fair yeah. enough. I mean, that's a very smart thing to very do. Very smart thing to and do. And then I think for Tim and Ed, it was just a bit too, like, well, there's a lot to it. Like, it always sounds like nice to, like, run a team, but there's a lot to it that isn't yeah. fun. Like, having to talk to to the, the factories, choosing fabrics, mm. then getting samples that don't yeah. work left and right like everything's just not how it should be like for them all they've been doing is like pushing their own being athletes pushing their own brand being athletes wearing yeah. the clothes and, and occasionally designing the like a piece that's, yeah. that's the the relationship that they agreed to as well yeah yeah, yeah. Fully, yeah. Fully, fully, so, yeah i'm not i'm not like dissing yeah. them in any way but like yeah. 
No, and, and you know, it's it is there is like, okay, you want to keep this thing going? There's yeah. some extra stuff we need to do. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And that's when you have to take responsibility yeah, as well. But, but, like, yeah. but also it's like, I, th- I think you you can't expect them to... No, that's the thing, you can't. It's like, at some point I was just like, well, I'm not going to do this anymore because why am I doing it? Like, I don't yeah, get, like, I never got jobs from Storm yeah. or anything. Like, I was running my own business mm-hmm. quite successfully being a freelance athlete for myself. Storm was more like a, an emotional thing, mm. like travelling together, doing videos together, although I was usually not in the videos. But, yeah, what um, the fuck's with that? Why weren't you in Storm Madrid? Storm Madrid? Oh, what, no, I was, maybe that I was in injured. Madrid? Madrid? Was I? I would, no, I, I was recovering. No, actually, actually, I could have been in it, yeah, because yeah. I, I did train quite well in madrid but yeah i was just not planned in as a an athlete yeah that sucks like uh, yeah the difference that that could have made like yeah i do think that there needs to be more parts the the in general yeah the dynamic from obviously like i coached um ed and tim and charlie and they got brought on to storm and they were in my team um Mm. and like the handover was like dealt with like super nice it, that like it wasn't like i have no like misgivings about that at all like it was fucking like such a massive opportunity for these yeah. guys you're and, happy like, for them being like picked yeah. up by exactly one of the biggest parkour teams in the world oh yeah like, 100% it, it would never... be it would be crazy to stand in front of that yeah 100% and like who am i to do that as well do you know what i mean like mm. who am i to do that so um yeah but then i think the dynamic within the team like once it once these guys were brought on and I'm, I'm not putting this at your door at all like yeah. i'm saying like the person that brought them on is like i don't know it just seemed like things weren't formalized well enough or roles weren't established <coughs> well enough or i don't know like when uh when i formed the the kind of group with with those guys it was like here are our principles this is what we do like mm. This, and then and then we'll maybe we'll establish like roles for 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 each of us like as mm. we move along um but it just didn't seem like that happened and to be yeah. fair i'm not sure honestly um i think a lot of people that were brought on the team because there was a few since mm. i joined there was a few that came and then left um i think often had expectations that were never mm. set that they would be fulfilled it wasn't like mm. a, it's kind of like you have the expectation you join this big team you've made it you've made it and now you get jobs yeah. that's not the case and that's mm. anyone who's the in the team starts. they yeah <laughs> they know that um so i think for a lot of them it was kind of like i don't know how to say it in english when you're like it's so sobering do you say that yeah yeah but man- managing what? expectations is a part of yeah like, it's is a part good, of running like, an organization yeah. do you know what i mean like, yeah. that's part of any business is managing not only customer expectations, but expectations yeah. of your employees and people like that. But that's the thing. If you're running a professional team, that's what you're doing. I mean, you said it, yeah. you, like employees, if they feel like employees and they yeah. feel like their role is just to be athletes and rock the clothing and yeah. everything, then that's the extent of what yeah. they'll do. But if there is that hierarchical structure, yeah, 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 it's hard to get buy-in beyond anything else because like, yeah. how do they know if they put more work in beyond those mm-hmm. that role? How do they know that's going to serve them in any yeah. kind of way, or if it's just going to serve yeah. Kai? Do we feel like the way Blue, I always saw the, it? The actual yeah. shareholders of the company. Yeah. The way I always saw it was we're a team. Like that—that that was my personal, mm. and that's not like now knowing. Obviously, I know that other people would have looked at it differently. For me, it was like we're a team. We 
like to do parkour we train together we have the opportunity to create like clothing to sell it people want to wear it um it was never about like making the brand for me personally it wasn't like we're yeah. gonna make this brand like mainstream and make loads of money from yeah. it because that's but like you, so but far but you each want to you each want to do parkour and, and have a lifestyle yeah. where you can sustain yourself yeah, no, through exactly. the brand like, exactly that's the least that you can ask but that's that's where like um like joe had a lot of problems and misgivings about parkour in general and like wanted to join the military and everything and luckily like he, he ended up doing a, <laughs> doing a psychology degree instead but like it was the it was the existential dread that came from mm. not being able to actually support himself mm. yeah. um yeah yeah and yeah i don't know like maybe motus can take some like because the hierarchy in motus is like like why would they have any buy-in as well like to well i, I think if, if the hierarchy is like if you're paying giles storm had like not a, any money from it storm had a different history though like Absolutely, if you look at yeah, when yeah. when storm was when like post like volume one you would you would see them i can't remember there, there was like they were backstage of some like tv some mm. tv event that's you know what I mean? they were they were like when it was when it was tim and, and blue and people like that and um they were people that made it doing parkour oh, you yeah, know what i mean they that's were in why the mainstream the ex- like that's why the expectation was like yeah that's you why get it was into so storm high. you fucking made it yeah and i think i think that's that's what set that and that's that's what's different than other teams is like yeah this is these were people that we saw from our community that like actually broke through mm. into the mainstream the pinnacle yeah and even in storm volume one they had like <coughs> the maxi muscles things and everything as well and just by the pure mm-hmm. production value of that video like yeah and and that's why i think that expectation was there for people yeah that yeah fair enough I mean. and that's that's why eric moore had such like a massive yeah. fallout at the end of at the end of his time with mm. with storm free run like he had those expectations and they weren't fulfilled mm. and it's like i joined this parkour team like expecting to get jobs left right and center like i've seen from the outside beforehand like little did he know he was gonna spend his life filming stupid shoes and playing rock paper scissors for who goes who goes first wearing high heels to be fair at the same park or park every time those those videos are great i i, <laughs> I actually really like those yeah. videos i think the one with phil i don't know if it ever got released i just enjoy Why watching eric moore as well eric yeah, moore is just so good, funny man. he's eric- so good though as well like, yeah just genuinely really talented yeah, guy I love it, and then man. also hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah was, are you talking about the one with phil doyle in high heels yeah i don't know did it ever get released yeah. or did i just see the footage okay yeah i mean i saw it because i saw the footage always yeah. but yeah mm. yeah that was brilliant <laughs> yeah, <it's good. laughs> bloody sketchy but that was good yeah. um where to go from here storm free run i take that one did off. we cover nice. it all right we covered it we covered it we covered, covered it. it. No, I, I love being on the team yeah. um, for a long time. Um, but it is, for me, it comes with a lot of mixed feelings. So mm. I, I I think a year ago, I just decided I want to just cut myself away from that. Just wasn't wearing anything. Um, for example, I, the other day I was wearing the sweater and I was like, oh, I'm wearing the sweater and it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of uh, bad uh, feelings and memories attached to Storm. So it just... Um, not storm in particular, but obviously came with it because it was a big part of my life. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. 
Um, so what's what's uh, in the future for you and parkour? Oof. That's a good question. What's in the future? Yeah, you know, like you know I, my I, dilemma I, how motivated are you um, for it? Not just professionally, but it mm. as a part of your life, as a practice. Yeah. So for I feel yourself. like as a practice for, practice for myself, I am more motivated than I am professionally when it comes to parkour. It sounds weird, but I I do love doing parkour jobs, obviously. Um, but also, I feel like I do want to do other stuff as well mm. when it comes to professionally. Um, my training this year has been amazing. Um, yeah, like until my, you broke your wrist. Yeah, until I <laughs> fell onto my bum and broke my wrist. Yeah, you had a like blazing summer. That yeah. was my crazy. summer was incredible. Yeah. So good. Like I started a video project with like clips saved yeah. that I'm very happy with. Um, obviously, there's not enough. So the because I I thought I was going to release the video. Um, yeah. Like before the end of the year, um, I had like Aslan interested in filming it. Like. Mm. I mean, you were there for one of the clips. Then Claudio said he'd be happy to come down and film. It'll be a shame to waste that stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's still gonna like obviously I'm still gonna work mm. on it because it is um, it really is a project that is close to heart. I think I've wanted it, like I wanted to do it for years mm. after the shin injury and then didn't and then just life got in the way. Uh, I had to deal with loads of other things and then this year I really felt like I am stronger physically and mentally than I've ever felt. Um, I'm surrounded by people who are motivated to train, motivated to help me um, progress in my training as well. Um, so yeah, and it's it's a project I'm really really excited. I, I really hope I find sponsorship for it right. um, because I would like to pay the people who film it um, and help with it and actually make it like a really nice video. But we'll see. So that's hopefully still in in the future. I, I'm super happy with the clips I have so far. Uh, there's not very many, but. I don't think I need that many. It's not going to be like a 10 minute video. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's the passion project that I have. Mm. And then I just want to train once the weather gets nice. I hate training in the winter. I know I know to be proper yeah. parkour athlete, you should train in the cold and in the it's rain. It's hard. I just hate it. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely I, I, do not I'm, like it. I'm not as hard as I was when I was younger. Like yeah. I, 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 It's just my bones hurt. Like everything hurts. My fingers <laughs> hurt. I can't grip everything, anything. It's slip. I just I prefer to, to go and lift. Just wear two <laughs> pairs of joggers. Like when it was baggy joggers time. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah just yeah. wear two pairs. It's no, fine. But then you also, because I lay it up and then I feel I can't lift my arms properly anymore. Like, you just feel like you're just this lump. <laughs> I just can't do it. No. Like, being in the bike was great because you can train and it's like, yeah, it's, it's great. nice and he's sweating barely, and barely warm up. hot. Yeah. Mm. You could be Tim Champion and like do six months in the winter in, uh, in Australia and then come back here for the summer. Yeah. Easy yeah. peasy. Just do that, yeah, everyone. Just do that. Mm. Um, no, but you will have. What you had in summer, you will have that again soon. I'm, I'm yeah, so I really hope I had, I had such a good summer. Like just thinking back, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it was so great. I just hope the passion's there as well because I saw you absolutely in love with training and it, it made yeah, I am. Every time, to be fair, whenever I don't train for a while, I sometimes then forget why I like it so much. Yeah. I'm just oh, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Walls. I have that too. Yeah. And then I get back to training and sometimes getting back to training is also horrible because you're like, oh my God. Because you, you I'm, suck. I'm shockingly first. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suck. But yeah, in summer, I just really felt like I wanted to go out every day and I just wanted to mm-hmm. train and lots of stuff that I should have gotten on with, like my trainer course, like my, my PT course and stuff. I, I didn't yeah. do because I was busy enjoying training. Um, but it, it was so worth it. I had a, an amazing summer mm. training and just being in Brighton, hanging yeah, out you with could people. Yeah, you could see your mental, your, your, the level yeah. of like just decision making as well was yeah. like, was there. Like that was yeah. really cool to see. It was really nice to f- 
to go through because I feel like my training wasn't always that fun in the past years. Um, lots of putting expectation on myself, maybe not being surrounded by the right people to train with. Um, yeah. And then this year just felt like, also last year, but last year I was mentally not quite as strong, I think. I still struggled with like mental barriers, stepping away from challenges, but I did enjoy my training yeah. so much last summer mm. as well, like especially like Joe Skendry coming down to town training. Yeah. It was so good, but this year was, I, I actually felt like, oh, okay, I am mentally stronger than I have been before um, and physically also quite capable, so yeah. it was nice. Yeah, I know what you mean. Some people can really suck the suck the intrinsic joy out of training. Yeah, they can. And and it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's best. It's best to avoid those people and cling to people like Joe Scandrett and. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I've been doing for the past year or two. I think it's just mm. to make sure to surround myself by yeah. people that. Although Joe Scandrett enjoys parkour oh. in his in his own way, like he's he's not like me when he's just like stoked to do like eight foot precisions or something. Mm. Joe is like a man on the hunt, but like but he's so good at training. And, with. But he is he fucking like whenever someone else is killing it, he will, he will fucking. He's so them up good at training. With. He comes yeah, up with yeah, challenges. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember one day last last year in summer, he gave me so many challenges during the day. Where it was like, oh Linda, can you do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so so fun. Like yeah. just having some people around. Also this summer, so many people came through Brighton, mm. and it was. I mean, I, I was quite busy, so I was quite like, my my time is very limited to training when I do train. But it was really fun having people around and just, yeah, hopefully more. What, what was the fun. thing that, um, like, when you say you feel most mentally strong, like mentally strong, like, what 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 kind of spurred that on? What made you? What brought? What got you to that mm. place? You know. Um, yeah, because you were mentally strong this year. The stuff that you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just figuring out that I don't know I can I, it sounds so cheesy but I've been through quite a, a, a bit over the past two years mm. and just feeling like I'm the strongest I've been like in life and in training yeah. just being like it's fine I can I, I, I can manage mm. and then I also believe that. Yeah. yeah just being like not stepping away from challenges because it really really annoyed me that I had that habit of wanting to do a challenge and then just stepping away from it and always being like I'll do it next time I'm not ready yet mm-hmm. and then this year I was just like I'm never going to be ready until I do it so I'll just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just do it and also honestly like, training with Callum like he has really good mentality and gets me to oh. do things that I would step away from so what's, what, what's the, um, the 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 way someone else can help you to like build up towards something or make the decision to do something I yeah what do i involved. do <laughs> yeah i think being, i yeah. think being involved if you train with someone who doesn't really care what you're doing yeah then that also kind of although it shouldn't because you should just be self-motivated but i think if you have like an energy around you that is mm-hmm. a bit yeah. draining yeah. it drains your energy out and you just yeah. also like the 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 thing of like i should only be self-motivated is like Nah. Yeah. Like, I, I you're, love you're having people around me who are human beings are social animals. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It, and and parkour is it feels best when it's a yeah. collaborative yeah. process. Yeah. Like and creativity yes. as well. Yeah. Like creativity doesn't exist in a vacuum. Like mm. we bounce off ideas off each other exactly. and it's and it's it's mm. like a harmonious thing. A good training session is fucking harmony. Like yeah, exactly. everyone's pushing each other and like yeah. we're not these monks that are just doing focusing on our own things yeah. and getting our own clips yeah. like and that's kind of sad if it is like yeah. you're yeah. just training and each of you are like just at different parts of the spot filling your clip quota of mm. the day it's that's dead yeah, yeah. that's why i feel mm. like one of the only people that really motivates me to do things that 
I don't want to do like in the moment mm. but I do want to do you know like really like my goal um is Ed like he yeah Ed gets, is so good he to train gets with. in it with you <coughs> and then he bullies you until you do it yeah. I love that so I, much I, love, I need a bit yeah I need a bit of like when I train with someone I need a little bit of it's not like competitiveness it's not like bullying really it's more like a bit of combative you know what i mean like a, a bit, bit of competitiveness yeah yeah what I do you mean you can't, can't make that yeah in <laughs> such a flannel <laughs> so it's like oh you're being a wet flannel job yeah 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 you need yeah. someone to be in the battle yeah. with you you need to be someone in the fight with yeah. you you know yeah like and also fight that weaker part not weaker yeah. but maybe that other part of yourself that's like telling you oh, you can come back and do this another time. Yeah. You need somebody else on your yeah. side against that aspect of yourself. Also someone who's just like, <laughs> it's so nice if people get excited with you when you do stuff. Yeah. So when you yeah. then do something that you're happy with and people around you are excited, which should be in parkour, that's one of the things that is just happening, but I didn't have that in my training for a while. It's just nice. Mm-hmm. It just motivates you to do more. And then once, I think it's again like a snowball thing. Once you have this good experiences and you start filming clips for video and you start having ideas and I actually started ticking off stuff you just kind of keep at it until you do Ninja Warrior and you fall off the course and <laughs> you get abruptly stopped and my summer was over just like that yeah um, but such is life though such yeah. is life I, it could have been so much worse so yeah it's all yeah. good yeah, I can do climb ups again it's mm. winter now, so I'm just committed to skating. Yeah. Um, skating as in roller skating. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, it's been so fun. <laughs> it's so yeah. fun. We've just been for a skate just now. I'm an absolute beginner, so I'm just... The guys are really cool, and I'll just mm. just fall about, but it's really fun. Yeah, man, I'm so um, cool. Yeah, so, you do. So you guys cool look cool, actually. Leads. I was surprised. I was like, they actually look cool. Yeah, as far as, <laughs> as, far as rollerbladers go, we look pretty yeah. darn cool. So I'm, I'm super happy oh. that... Um, so it, it sounds like you're you're still motivated to pro- progress in parkour, oh, yeah, despite yeah. not necessarily wanting that to be your main avenue for. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, for, like, still, if I c- still get jobs, to like, be your living, um, it'd be still really cool to to have jobs. And, and you're still getting jobs, more but... jobs than most people. Let's face it. Like... Yeah, I've, I've, I've been so crazy busy actually. Um, but and it'd be cool. I I really want to work with brands more longer term. Yeah. That's where I. It's find the instability most joy. that's the problem. That's the it's course, not even that. I just really like building relationships with a brand and yeah. kind of working with them and understanding them and the products that they do and also just working for brands that you actually want to endorse. Mm. Um, so I definitely still do that, but I equally get quite a bit of joy out of being able to say, I don't want to take this job and give it to someone younger who's trying to make a living from it. Yeah. Um, so like, for example, San Francisco, I was meant to be in San Francisco right now, not for a job because it wasn't really paid, but it would still be like, travel and teaching so yeah. it'd be really nice but exposure exposure yeah no but it's like it's still cool you still get to travel yeah oh yeah i've taken so many of those yeah, like if, exactly. if, it, if it's to cross the atlantic like i was always like yeah. hell yeah yeah i'll go exactly so i had to say no to it just because i knew that it, it was too much on my plate it was like I, I want to do it but i can't and then i just put forward athletes that they could ask instead mm-hmm. and it just gives me joy as well knowing that someone else will go now and have that time yeah so that's really cool but for my personal training i am very motivated i'm not motivated unf- like well not unfortunately because it doesn't really matter but like posting on instagram and stuff like that i used yeah. to go out and be like i need to film a clip because i need mm. to post on instagram i just lost that completely mm. and it's so enjoyable to just mm. be like yeah you're I, free 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, they've completely because I still have sponsors and I still have to also yeah. keep them happy. And I mean, I love working with them, but there must be some level that you still enjoy to like have your the catch of the day like compiled into a little a little clip. Like, I can't lie, I get fulfillment like just like packaging that up and putting it online for like some of my friends to see and comment on it and stuff but mostly just for me to watch back like throughout the next day or something <laughs> it's like yeah yeah that was yesterday that was nice i, I see i don't that. have time for that right now <laughs> yeah i, true, I literally do true. not have time to be well, on i'm not and saying be, like, i'm watching it for about. two hours straight yeah <laughs> sometimes if it was a really good day i mean day, I, I, I hardly have time to open the memes you sent me no, like, I, I, don't, I know that and that's why I don't bloody send you any unless they're top tier Tom so, gets everything yeah like, he has I mean, no two weeks filter ago, he I just, he's on shower. my mailing list for all the all the edgy shit Any anything anything you want to send me go ahead uh, anything yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm less busy now so you can you can like have two more weeks of being really busy because I'm off to Luxembourg for a job and then yeah. after that I might be able to open all the memes and even reply to them that's no, right. I'll, I'll, I'll only no, send you, you the no, best you, of the you best. You don't reply to the. You send memes back. That's what you but do. I'm not cool enough for that. I don't have like I don't have a list of memes to send back. Yeah, you're not chronically uh, it, online like us. It always <laughs> it always amazes me when you say something. You send a message to a person and they have the the right meme to send back yeah. in that moment. Yeah, that's not like, me. Yeah. I'm like how like how like Rowena. I think she's one of those people that just has memes on like she knows memes and reaction can, folder yeah that's what you need on your phone gosh, no, I don't yeah, have that no. I'm just like no, thumbs up that was cool I don't know yeah. um, so I'm yeah I'm organised enough for that so yeah <laughs> so yeah that's me um fuck I did I, you did bring something to mind a second ago but it's gone um what can you tell us then about not a wallflower a wallflower Oof. Um, so that's a project I'm starting up with Katie, um, who I've been spending quite a bit of time working on it. It came from something very different. Um, oh yeah, shit. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. you, because I was living here when when this all happened. So I got um, I got uh, contacted by a brand. Uh, they're not a brand really. They are like a. I don't know how to say that. They. It was fucking confusing, whatever the brand. hell they were. So they were like, they are like this massive, massive brand under which there's loads of other brands who use their fabrics, they supply fabrics in factories mm. and so on, so on, so on. Um, so I was contacted and basically what they said, it sounded too good to be true, and which it was. Mm. Um, they want to create a new brand um, that is made out of um, only leftover fabrics. Mm. So the fabrics that other brands don't use, they just go to waste, really. Um, so they want me to create a brand so they want me to be the face of the brand it took me a while to understand what they wanted uh, pretty much said they want me as the face of the brand they want me to run the brand they want me to own the brand and they pretty much give me everything for free I even had a marketing team for free to do this and I was like okay this sounds like this is very odd and this is weird at first I was like mm, this sounds like a scam it turned out it wasn't it was actually that was actually the case that's what they wanted um, and then I was like, okay, I do want to do it, but I don't want to do it on my own because I don't think I would get much joy out of doing this on my own. So I asked Katie if she wanted to join me. She said yes. Um, we spent many, many hours doing a business plan and all this stuff. And then we had a phone call with the marketing team and the big, big boss. And he was just one of those people I just can't, I, ca I cannot work with. I don't think 
Mm. Um, so after the phone call, we just, first of all, we had all put together the brief according to what they asked us to and did the whole pitch, like literally for an hour, like pitch to this massive brand. And then they turned around and pretty much said like, we love it do this and said something completely different and we were like what um and then after the <laughs> call, after the phone call we were just like um yeah i even got a, a message from like the marketing team apologizing being like we don't know what just happened like you did so well but this just yeah we don't know and then we decided that if we are going to do something we're not going to do that under a massive company run by a person we both dislike yeah, um, and it seems like they just don't listen. Like whatever yeah, ideas you have, like they literally, great. We want let's you. try this idea that we had yeah. from the start. And to be fair, they, they have so much experience in the field, so I don't want to discredit. Like they have a lot of years of under their belt of like experience and knowing what works and what doesn't work. But they got us on as like the face and also the experts in our field. Yeah. But then didn't listen, and I was yeah. like, I, I just can't do this. I can't deal with a man who's not going to listen. Yeah, that's and all. That sounded like that's all they wanted, and they wanted to actually be in the driving seat in terms of the actual products. When yeah. you had like a great idea for the product, and yeah, so we decided by to Patagonia and yeah. everything like that to be. Yeah, that was the idea behind it. Was just like have a brand that like kind of pretty much leaves no trace, like as in like mm. you do as little harm as you can. Um, it it was, sounded great, but then in the end the reality looked a bit different so we decided not to do it but then because we had worked together so much we were like we should definitely do something together and then that you was and Katie. yeah and that was when the whole red bull thing came out of not un- many women getting spots right. equal prize money in competition still being um like not the norm um and just loads of things that both of us we were like this is so bad like this is women in parkour are still so undervalued mm. and just wanted to create something positive like not something against men or whatever but something positive yeah. for women in the culture um so we came up with the name took us a long time mm. um in the end was um, not a wallflower that we stuck with uh, and just creating a platform that shines a light on women in parkour but also action sports so we want to have a podcast um, we wanted to release, oh, so now I'm like, oh God, we wanted to release a calendar. By the end of the year, we started mm. the project. Um, we were really unlucky. Some of our athletes, some of our athletes, that sounds like we're running a company. Um, but yeah, some of the athletes we wanted to work with uh, got injured mm. or were just simply not available on the dates right. that we were meant to shoot. Can't fucking rely on anyone. Yeah, so like one of the, the athletes. Just do it, you and there. Katie. Just. Yeah, no, but that's not the A, that's not the thing. We're not meant to be in front of the camera yeah, I, here. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll be involved. I'll wear a sports bra and some skimpy shorts. We know, actually, we it's did, a calendar we, after all. We, we did get like <laughs> we, we, we did get a few really good like shots and a few really good clips. <laughs> yeah, with with. <laughs> so we have like Emily Lennon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We fun with uh, Stanny. I got my my mind just went blank because we have other people as well, and I just mm. kind of forgot. But it was like. The, the project is really cool but unfortunately it's not going at the pace we thought it was going to go pretty much because Katie's non-stop working on movies and yeah. I've been non-stop busy with you're pretty busy everything yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I, oh I took photos of Lisa actually like she messaged me yesterday being like have you have you edited them can I have them and I'm just like I haven't even had the time to put them on my laptop also yeah. my camera is at Giles's because he didn't bring back Giles bring Fuck back my camera Charles. please <laughs> um, so um, 
yeah, it's it's just been a bit longer, but we're still planning on on doing it, and it's just pretty much a project to, yeah, just create something nice for women in the sport. Mm. I think that sounds great. Yeah. So far, it's been a lot of work, and no outcome because mm. we have nothing to show. But yeah. we've put in a lot of work so far, and also it's just always nice to hang out with Katie. Mm. Um, so. Well, I really hope you follow through with it and, and something yeah. comes from it because it's, mm. it's a great initiative that, like... And we're already seeing, like, a huge uptick in... in it seems, like, exponential, the, the participation of women yeah. in the years. And yeah. you, Katie, Pam, Lucy Romberg, are the role models that have mm. pretty much... Mm. You've been at the forefront for years, like, being that mm. change. and It's really nice also to hang out with... Um, younger athletes like now again that covid seems to be over and everything and you can travel like this year I travel quite a bit to events um and just yeah so for example um talking to miranda at um in hamburg because i was in hamburg a few weeks ago and there was quite a few uh like women there as well and it was just nice to actually get to know them because the first time i met miranda she was really young mm. and like not very talkative like ages ago and now like actually meet the younger generation of women in parkour and I mean they're all incredible and just hopefully being able to yeah I don't know just I would like being behind the camera so taking photos of them for example would be just a cool project to do I think mm. um, apart from not a wallflower what do you think we can do as a community collectively to increase participation of women in the sport women and girls in the sport Oof, that's such a hard question um, just be supportive I guess just mm. be the way I like to think about it is not to think about gender yeah it's just you just train that's it um, but then also being aware that it's different for women yeah. to train um, yeah it's such a difficult thing right because it's kind of contradictory in, in a way you yeah. Know? yeah you don't want to think about gender but at the same time like you need to think about representation <coughs> being yeah. Yeah. I just I, I think well not to speak for you or anything but um like everybody has individual experiences and individual like barriers to entry mm. that are going to be different regardless of like what what category you belong to like mm. there are like socioeconomic categories that can create a, like a barrier to entry for people you know as well as like yeah like having to deal with um the the kind of uh the social stuff go that that, that comes yeah. with like being a woman in sport and or women in action sports for yeah. example as well. also just getting women together to train like mm. um i'm probably going to do a project in january where there's loads of women involved which sounds really cool because um i've done a project with mal um two years ago three years ago um yeah and uh, so the, two the remedy remedy the two of us training just together remedy, remedy. just yeah. remedy not the not the just remedy um and that was really nice that was like you kind of progress quicker when you train with women which is in my head I'm like it shouldn't you should just progress regardless of who you're training with but it it, is a it thing. does change yeah. mm. seeing someone your height oh for example so Lisa is quite a bit taller than me but remember the day we were training at Suicide Wall or the wall I don't know if it's still called Suicide Wall yeah, is it? yeah I call it Suicide Wall okay Suicide Wall I don't know Suicide Wall the wall whatever we, the Brighton Wall allowed to mention the big wall you can't say suicide <laughs> it's triggering yeah 
I don't know. I feel like if it is triggering to people, then I'm like, I'm happy to call it the big wall or the wall or the yeah, white wall or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I haven't heard enough people um, t- say no to that. Yeah. Mm. But w- we were training then. I wanted to do this line, um, like, you know, the slide down, like hop over the rail, slide down. And I just couldn't get myself to do it. Mm. Even though I've seen so many people do it. I watched your video. Like I literally was on my on my phone watching your video because you had posted it exactly the line that I wanted to do. Do you, do you mean the, the 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 vault over the wall and then slide down? Slide down. It's and scary. Then it's super scary. Mm. So, of course, of course, it's difficult. But Especially then, with the pipe there now. Yeah, now yeah. the pipe there. Now, so, but I was like there, and I was like, I've seen so many people do it, and I just couldn't get myself to do it. And then I was training there with Lisa, and we worked on it together. And once I've I've seen her do it, I was like, mm. ha, huh, okay. Mm. Like just her saying like, oh, Lynn, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Made such a and. It, I don't know why, but it made such a big difference, and I got to train with her a bit more over summer. And it just you just progress at a different rate if you train with women. It's very maybe because you feel more included. Mm. Because with guys, you always have the excuse of being like, "Oh, they do it." Doesn't mean I can do it. When you're training with women, you're like, "They do it." That means I should be able to do it, and it just pushes you in yeah. a really good way. Yeah, um, proof of concept. <laughs> yeah, it just pushes you in a very, very yeah. like nice way, and it has nothing to do with size as such because Lisa is taller than me yeah. like she's as tall as Joe Joe has done that mm. this and so many times but and he could tell he was like Lynn it's fine you can do it I was like mm. Mm, don't trust you maybe that's it maybe I just trust women more when they say it's fine I'm like <laughs> okay I can trust you well they, 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 they their experience is, is closer <coughs> yeah. to yours yeah, you know it, I mean? yeah. yeah your experience maps on to yeah. another woman it, it's just closer yeah. Yeah. so I think I think that's the, the main bit just being supportive than creating an environment mm. where more, more women can train also I, I did an interview yesterday where um, I was asked about my experience, about my surroundings, how they like s- react to me doing parkour. And it's mainly good. Obviously, my mum would rather have me work a different job than jumping off walls. But other than that, it's like... So would every fucking parent with, <laughs> yeah. with, with us lot. Like, yeah. but know, it's like, any, anything other than yeah. this, not only is it the financial stability of it, but also we're jumping on rooftops a lot yeah, of the I didn't time. Tell like, my mom, <laughs> I didn't tell my mum I broke my wrists, for example. Yeah. I just didn't. I just, really? I just really, really, because I was oh. going home to Luxembourg and I was like, these cars have to come up before, because it was <laughs> right. her 60th birthday. I was like, I'm not going to show up at my mum's 60th birthday with two broken arms. Does she follow you closely on social media as well? Well, I didn't really post it much yeah. because of jobs. And she's not on your close and friends she's, list. She, no, no. <laughs> I mean, she does have social media, but I think she goes on it maybe like every two months. So it's right. a high chance she's not going to see it. Yeah. Um, Beauty of stories. Yeah. And then it, it got like, my cast came off just before I went home. But then still it was really painful so if I had to like lift my knees up or something like that I'd just be like oh, oh. I'm just like okay I can't show this now um, but yeah in general my surroundings are very supportive of me doing parkour mm. but then in the interview they brought up that lots of other people they interviewed lots of women they interviewed said that it's negative that their surroundings react negatively to them doing parkour because they are women in the sport uh, which was really surprising for me. So I feel like my experience, my lived experiences might be very, very different from other people. And that mm. might just be because I've started so early on and I've established yeah. myself at a higher level and it makes it easier for people to support mm. it. But mm. when you're now be- like a beginner, like a female yeah. beginner in the sport, you might have a very different oh, yeah. experience. Yeah. So that has to be, th- I think it would be more value talking to people who start off than talking to someone who's already yeah. established and finding out what can help to make it mm. better. I think Sydney has said the same. Like she's mentioned that it's been more of a help f- for her than anything. Like yeah. being a woman in woman in the sport because, mm. like, it's a smaller talent pool and <coughs> she's able to get jobs and stuff easier. 
um, and recognition and everything. Lorena as well, um, she's mentioned in another podcast that she hasn't really had to, like she didn't really get the idea of having like a woman's only jam. And it's like, what? It's it's fine. Like she's been training with Rilla Hops Mm. the whole time. And of course, Nikki Wallen was a part of Rilla Hops as well. And they've already they've always been like a super supportive group like they don't mm. care if you're if you're a man or a woman they'll be like don't be a fucking pussy man just fucking commit like they'll, they'll just be like see, that anyway regardless of who you are the, like the so it's always been equal in, in her in mind is also quite sexist yeah, in general yeah, yeah. so but, that's something people can try and tone down a yeah, yeah. but but, but for lorena once she actually um she said once she actually went to her first women's only parkour jam she was like oh this is why this is actually needed like yeah just because her experience hasn't yeah. reflected it she's seen how like this, this is why I, I think this kind of is like backs up the point of like treat, treating people like treating people as individuals first but then because like you say like even though you belong to a particular group or category that you, you might assume have a particular yeah. experience yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean individually you have had that experience yeah. Yeah. and you know that goes both ways so it's it's <coughs> you know um i think if we if this is me this is me talking obviously but like i i think if we uh if if we are just more mindful about how we mm. speak to each other yeah. and mm. how we treat each other like regardless of yeah like where we think they come from or where they do come from then mm. i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> so, I, know, I know what you're saying i had yeah. like uh, i had this the chance this year to go to quite a few um women only events or where women were majority um i went to um copenhagen to the it's not called women's gathering anymore i can't remember exactly what the name is but it was such a good event like Mm. that really like changed my mind on my like not my opinion but like i always thought like yeah women's jams are fun but I can go to a nor- like a, a normal jam to like a mixed yeah. gender jam and just be just as fine. The Copenhagen one was the best event I've ever been to, um, by far, and it was just women and it was brilliant. Um, I've pro- like I've trained a lot while I was out there. I pushed like mental barriers a lot. Oh out yeah, there. yeah. Um, Your strides, <laughs> yeah, above, strides water. Yeah. above water, above um, water. Just before getting on a plane as well. I think that was the start <laughs> of my mental. Like actually, that was the start yeah. where I broke my first mental barrier, where I didn't step away from a challenge, and then. For anyone, for anyone um, listening, <laughs> go and check out. I think it's one of your it's pinned, pinned posts. It's, it's, pinned it's the top pinned post. Oh, I'm so happy with it, yeah. And and <laughs> if if not just watching for the achievement, um, turn just on the watch. Sound. Just yeah, turn on the sound and watch for the stoke that comes after. Like, it is, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite clips it's on because, the internet. It's because I didn't. I didn't plan on going for it i just yeah. wanted to prep it one or two but then once i went i just picked up the speed and the rhythm i was like well there's no stopping now because i ca- i cannot stop um and then i was quite surprised <laughs> to make it but yeah that that event was um amazing and i would recommend any woman to go to an all women's um event because it might change the way you think about it and also just the way you train and everything it was it was brilliant mm. i think um like there's probably some sentiment amongst like guys that train um, or other people that train like that uh, having like a, a specific gendered meetup is going to be like well that's not even that's excluding people do you know what I mean yeah but like I get the utility of this mm-hmm. and um, 
and I think it's worth like saying why that's necessary. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Which is, which is that like, like historically, especially like, if, if well, where I where I grew up and like the community I was in was all mm. men. Yeah, and which we, is which is might um, seem very <coughs> exclusive to women. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like, so, so having like this one-off annual thing. Mm. Like, guys train yeah. different, not because they train harder or better. They just they don't have as much respect for people around them. Quite mm. honestly, like I remember training with Hazal and Lisa at uh, Stringer, and it was I think Lisa was doing a line from one side to the other, and I was going in the opposite direction. So both of us were waiting for the other person to go. So we just stood there, because I couldn't see her because I'm at the bottom. She's at the top. And then as I try and go up to see what she's doing, she pops her head up of the wall and she's like, you, you're going? I was like, oh, I was waiting for you to go. Oh my God. <laughs> so we were both I'm like started this. laughing. It's like funny because you have way more awareness of, it's almost like there's more empathy towards people around you. Right. You don't think just about the line you want to do. You think about who else is doing what line and are they going now? Mm. Are they prepping for it? Are they like nervous about it? So you kind of wait and it's quieter. It's it's way more like, it's not that we don't train as hard because yeah. when I train yeah, with yeah, women, yeah. usually I train a bit harder. Um, it's just a little bit more. So you think those, nice. the <laughs> collaborative sessions that we were talking about earlier, do you, would you say that is more easy to come by with other, like, is that, is that easier to see in a women's only training session? Do you think than mm. if if guys are training or a mixed? It depends mixed group. if it's a small group. So if I only train with a couple of people, like remember the day we went um, on the roof, the school roofs with Danny. Yeah. You and I. Mm. That's like the same kind of vibe. But then also, you were outnumbered in terms of like it was Danny and me and you. I think yeah. we were the only three. Yeah. So that was similar kind of vibe. Mm. <coughs> but as soon as there's more guys and they find the same challenges and they like work on one challenge and there's more people then they're often if it is going through a line that you want to do yeah. there's no way like you just step away from whatever you were doing mm. and you find something else uh, because you're outnumbered most of the time and you're not going to do the same challenge a guy is doing most of the not always but most of the time you're just going to work on something else when women train together there's a good chance you're going to train do like you, think... you want to work on the same thing do you think there's a there's a like is there a is there a place we can reach where we can have mixed like training sessions where everybody does feel because i feel like i've been in sessions where people have been mindful enough where yeah. you know regardless of who's doing their particular line or you know what whatever thing everybody's kind of being aware of who's doing what or you know someone has like put themselves in a position where they're like look we're going to be we're going to make sure everybody else gets a turn here the host you know just I mean? left <laughs> yeah yeah couch right. is off yeah <coughs> um, sorry sorry yeah. podcast no. <laughs> um i think i think yes um i think it's really possible to just all train together and have like mm. kind of be aware but is I think it needs to come from both sides. I think, 100%, yeah. and this is just literally just putting people in categories, and that's yeah, not yeah. what I meant. I'm just no, generalizing. No, no, I get it. I get it. Men in general should just take a little bit more consideration yeah. for the women and what lines they're working on, and yeah. not stealing their spot. Pretty much, I think Christine talked about this in the podcast, okay. where you're working on something, and then a guy comes along, finds a line, and then other guys join, and then suddenly, uh, okay, yeah, suddenly yeah. you're like, oh, I've just lost my spot and challenge because now I have mm -hmm. like there's no way for me to go. On the other hand, I think women also are often at fault 
four stepping away mm-hmm. instead of just yeah. being like you lot just piss off this, you know, is, you know, this you, is my spot right now I'm, yeah. I'm working on this or just being like okay we need to like just go in yeah. turns but I think women are often then just kind of just fine walking away so yeah. I think it comes from both sides obviously men have the have more like I think that they comes, can do, be that's doing. like a socialization thing as well of like yeah. women take up you need to not take up less space you, you, yeah. sorry, you need to take up less space you need to like um, be more agreeable you need to blah 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 exactly and that, that might be it might be a temp- up. it might be a temperament <coughs> thing it might be a socialized thing but regardless you can overcome that by yeah. like actually taking up space and yeah. like um, and exercising your power because you do have power like yeah. you know regardless of the the kind of physical disparity or yeah. what whether that exists or not yeah. like in in this like individual yeah. circumstance it doesn't matter you're you're a person you're a human being and you you deserve to be in that space that's um i watched a post um by is it meaning moves do you know meaning moves from like seattle um trans parkour athlete and she was talking about like parkour is about taking up space mm. like the sub- mm. like the kind of political or subversive uh, element of parkour is like about you know your 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 place within this like oppressive architecture or whatever or you're mm. you're given these lines of demarcation that you have to exist within and as a human being as like a as as an individual you are taking up space and you are like utilizing these these spaces in, like in ways that aren't intended <coughs> in order to strengthen yourself so like for women that's like in in my opinion that's super important you know what i mean yeah. like that's that's i think um, it doesn't it's often not something that comes easy for women, yeah, especially because of because socialization. Of yeah. yeah, like some some women find it really really easy, mm-hmm. um, and some men will find it hard. Some men will also not take up space because yeah. it's just yeah. Again, it's an but in thing. general, mm-hmm. you are just a smaller person, like physically. Yeah. You are a smaller person with a yeah. smaller voice, usually, um, mm. with smaller jumps. It just all comes together. It's just easier for women, I think, to just mm. kind of step back when there's especially you're outnumbered most of the time i think the the, like what men can do as well is like just like value value inclusion within your like community like value the fact that there are other people coming in with different experience recognize that other people should be taking up the space as well other people should be utilizing the same environment that you're Mm. utilizing and like just because you're doing a bigger jump doesn't mean it's any more meaningful for the other person that's within that space and who is like exercising creativity and that sort of thing yeah. like we would do the same thing for beginners when they're trying really hard why would why are you why are you like making the why are you making an exception for somebody because of their gender or whatever else you know what i mean like mm. i think uh i think that's what it is isn't it like, it's the culture of effort yeah give credit where credit is due where effort is being made mm. like mm. and also you benefit from like you'd benefit from as many different people being involved in like in the session in like in your surroundings you you benefit from being exposed to different ways of moving different watching other people like um contend with their own challenges you benefit from everything even if you think like oh well i'm doing bigger harder stuff like yeah but it's all relative isn't it like Mm. it's hard (coughs) it's 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 hard for you but that's the hard for you is not the same as hard for someone else it's all relative Yeah. yeah That's the culture of effort, pretty mm. much. But I feel like in Brighton, in general, being a woman in parkour training is a really good culture. I mean, there's so many people here I can train with that are... <laughs> 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 stocking up on drugs. Thank you. 
um, that like are really fun to to train with. Like in general, in Brighton, I think the culture is very positive and very good. Yeah, yeah, but it's um, Brighton. It's the liberal citadel. It is. <laughs> it is. I don't know <laughs> what it's like in different universe. places, but because I've pretty much since I've been training properly, mm-hmm. like outdoor co- culture almost, it's been in Brighton. Mm. So this is all I I know for. <laughs> Yeah. This is my lived experience and it's pretty good so <laughs> I think we're doing alright when we when we compare to a lot of other sports so yeah. like we I feel like we're fairly welcoming we're, it's it's yeah. it's just rough around the edges isn't it but not always sometimes it's just straight up sexist and unacceptable yeah to be honest <laughs> sometimes yeah, it's that's, just that's, an absolute no go um do you think there's anything unique to parkour that is not like a microcosm of the wider society is I there think any, is it there seems from the outside like a very masculine pursuit. Right. Okay. It's a very, it's a. There's a few studies on it. Like, it, parkour can be used to establish your masculinity so easily because yeah. it is this yeah, yeah. the rawness, power, like training shirtless, being mm. like lean mm-hmm. and build. It's very masculine. That's what that it's whole not, um, PhD. Um, mm-hmm sociological ethnography is about i can't yeah. remember the author of it okay. it's um, based in america and it makes parkour look very very lame yeah. but <laughs> there's a few studies done on it but it's like it is not a sport that is easy to get into as a woman i think because it is that kind of sport but also the culture within the sport i think is a lot different to let's say snowboarding is less sexist mm. it's way more like hippy dippy and so you think do you think that's the, the kind of mas- masculine element that you're talking about there, do you think that's a result of purely the the rigours and physicality of the sport and the, do you think, or is it is it something that is, um, is there a social aspect to that as well? Is there something? But that's uh, the thing as well. Social like aspect as well, it's done on the streets. That's a male yeah. area. Yeah, dominated area. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, a male area, like fem- women are inside, men are mm. outside. Um, it's outside. It, it is, differs between countries and stuff it is as well. Often slightly illegal. You're trespassing. Yeah. You're, it's just like a rebel thing. It's just not associated with mm. anything like female as such. It's just a really male sport. Mm. Um, well, I mean, w- if we're talking masculine versus feminine, that's not necessarily mm. like. No, I'm, it doesn't have to be gendered. Do you know what I mean? But no, but that's what I, I mean. It. Is like the the connotation saying. of it. Like yeah, the connotation. Because a thing can yeah. be masculine and feminine even though it has no gender like a, a table yeah. or whatever could be described yeah. as feminine or masculine but um yeah i get what you're saying it is a masculine sport it is easy to establish masculinity through parkour it's very hard to establish femininity through parkour quite the yeah. opposite people I are like you're a woman and you do and still yeah. you do parkour how come <laughs> and they're like what do you mean how come because it's fun mm, it's just not what you get like either people disapprove which mm. for me luckily hasn't happened much or they give you extra praise because you right. are a woman and you do parkour yeah they're like yeah. wow well done you like it's, it's a strange it's weird i think it really it does definitely comes down to like how you how you define femininity as well because there are like i think there are less diminishing ways masculinity is described than femininity femininity is often described in like quite a diminishing way mm-hmm. like quite like a un like a disempowering way it's Whereas passive ma- like ma- the yeah. male is like one but but i think there are other ways of framing femininity that of like, course of course but this is just like the general yeah. kind of mm-hmm. the general yeah yeah I see what, what it saying. stands for in society is like men are outside strong loud mm. um 
active women are inside passive quieter like more like mm -hmm. kind of agreeable that's just a general term of like this is what these are you, these are the things that are expected not even yeah expected but also what comes to mind okay there's like a lot of studies Associate, done on associated it. yeah, yeah, yeah okay. a lot of studies done where it's not even about people it's about things and some of them are because of different languages having like a table being feminine or masculine people think about the table and they will give them feminine or masculine attributes depending on what language they speak because literally in their language it's just the table could be feminine or the table could be masculine and depending on the language they speak they will describe a table differently so it's just even if you try and remove gender mm -hmm. you, you can't you have those concepts and they will because your brain thinks in categories because the world is too complex not yeah, to yeah, yeah. and female and male unfortunately are two of the major categories that you always think about and that are always so present um, when you try and make sense of the world yeah cool it's almost like you've written a master's thesis <laughs> on this uh, well i haven't well, i've never finished it yeah yeah true i've started but, it i've studied it but yeah 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 what was that titled at least what was um, that going to be about this is so long ago it was about the lift experiences of um female parkour athletes yeah mm. and you spoke to like a quite a large handful of women in the sport yeah i have the the interviews and started transcribing them they would be quite interesting yeah it to would listen be... to now because they are i've done this years and years ago with like elisa serpa renee yeah. christine um it'll so, be yeah. super it, it'll be it'll be very sad if they go to waste and I mean, not not that you have to like. I, I, you've got enough on your plate. And you're, <laughs> but I have no time because I'm thinking yeah. about another master, as you know. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah, you have enough like on your plate and list of things to do already. Just relax a little bit, please. Yeah. But Lord. it would be a shame if they didn't see the light of day. If you didn't release them somehow, like mm. maybe like a little excerpts, excerpts of them in. Uh, you said you wanted to do a podcast for not a wallflower. Mm-hmm. Or. Or give them to us. Give them to the Star Podcast. Good. Yeah. No, but they, because I can't, because they're obviously confidential. Because they are under the oh, research. Oh yeah, sure. So you yeah, start yeah, off yeah. being like, "This is all very confidential. This is all anonymous." <laughs> By the <laughs> way, so this will be on, this will be on the Star <laughs> Podcast in a few years. Because they were very personal questions, like very deep. Right. And, um, so yeah, no, they will not be published right. at any. Yeah. But that's even more interesting then. More reason yeah. to to you can, uh, get something done with it even if yeah. it's like a, a long essay kind of thing that yeah for for not a wallflower assuming you're gonna have a website and a blog and stuff yeah i've always wanted to finish the thesis eventually so do some more work please learn yeah. yes more don't, work i just for do Lynn. not have enough hours in my day right now i, I mean know, that's fine I because know. my my days are very long you love and work you love doing loads of stuff yeah. I do. do all the time. Just I... sleep less. Yeah. <laughs> even less. <laughs> even less than I. Even less. Oh my god! I'm on four hours, Callum. When I when I used to give Lynn her plan and ask her how she was getting on, I would expect like all my other athletes would be like doing just that, like they go to the gym, do that, and then the rest of the time they'd be doing parkour or whatever. Lynn mm. would be doing like two other plans, like <laughs> the same time she'd be doing other stuff. Johnny Last's handstand yeah. plan, some running program. <laughs> Just like I'm meant to be giving you the, the 
It's a balancing act. It's yeah. giving you the Goldilocks, yeah. <laughs> the perfect Goldilocks zone change. of stress. <laughs> this is what a strength program is, Lynn. And you're training parkour five days a week on top of this, doing a handstand program, and a sprint program, long distance running program. But I was very fit back then. Like, yeah. yeah. Know, it's was, amazing. Uh, it worked out yeah. But really also, well. you lost well, your well. periods. That was a downside to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well. So, yeah. Other people, it would have flattened. I'm pretty sure, along mm. with other shit you've experienced in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's all good. It's all good. Kind of, the, the human body is and mind is incredible at adapting and yes. overcoming all sorts of things. So, <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give yourself five years ago? Five years, <laughs> oh, five years ago, Lynn. <laughs> what would you give? No, I can't say this on a podcast. <laughs> Really cannot. You can. You can say broadly what you would, what you would, yeah, give yourself. Like, I would have a very bad relationship. Would be my only advice I could give myself. Yeah, that's it. Recognize, recognize red flags. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hope I have learned from it. I hope I can see red flags now, but I'm not Mm. so sure about it. I mean, we all we all want to see the best in other people, don't we? That's what it is. Yeah. And people are just amazingly good at hiding them <laughs> yes yeah. it's, it's, it's well i don't know to end this podcast also, also don't train through injuries maybe is a good one too yeah but yeah i feel like yeah. when was this five years ago um i've learned that lesson then i think okay that yeah. was the lesson i've learned then yeah Cool. You oh. could have you could have given me the bloody memo yeah. when i was dealing with my back pain also no there's another advice actually i would give myself i think that could be more useful for people who are listening um that focusing solely on parkour might not be the way to go yes for me. to have other venues to go mm-hmm. like into to not to have a it's not even about having a plan b it's just having a life that isn't just I think parkour th- yeah that's like such a the whole like hierarchy of like what you're going to do with your life it's like mm. such a limiting thing Oh, I'm there. I've got my plan A, and if that doesn't work, I've got my plan B. It's like you're a very complex like organism, yeah. and you you live for quite a long time. Maybe don't, maybe yeah. don't just, yeah. just, maybe don't put things because there, there are a lot of things that are probably going to be at the same level of priority for you, or the same level of value or meaning. So mm. maybe yeah. not. Maybe don't try and like stack also, them. No, I, I feel like I get that sometimes when people ask me if I do other stuff. Like, I was going, what, are you not training parkour? And I'm like didn't feel like it today i felt like going for yeah. roller skates and being yeah. an absolute beginner and being shit at it but enjoying mm. it so it's like mm. but not just that not just like the freedom of doing other things but also one of the reasons why i feel so stressed like not stressed right now but where i'm doing so much i'm working so much is because i feel like i'm almost catching up on the time that i didn't put in years ago because i was only focusing on parkour and it worked out really well so i'm not regretting it mm. but it's like well now i kind of in my 30s and i'm like oh I kind of feel like I want to do a master's maybe or do like some other kind of education stuff into a different direction that when I was 20 and I chose my mm-hmm. my studies back then was very different from now. Um, I could have done that alongside parkour. I could... Is it raining? Oh. I could have done my, my trainer course alongside parkour, but I always just focused all my energy in parkour. Mm. And I feel like, oh, I could have done this, mm. um, but I just didn't want to take the time off. So I think that would be my advice, just be like be a bit more versatile in all those things. Yeah, give yourself more options. 
Mm. Also makes you a more interesting person. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, makes your life yeah. more interesting. It makes you more interesting. Yeah. So definitely, do people that makes life feel more interesting as well. Mm. And yeah, feel more interesting for people, people that you meet outside of parkour. Because so funny. funnily enough, like. Yeah. If parkour that, might not be that interesting. If you're that parkour, if you're that guy that just talks about parkour at parties, like no one. It's so funny when no he, yeah. like a friend of us, he just walks out on us when we start talking about parkour. He's just like, "Yep, bye." Mm. <laughs> yeah, Don't blame him. So Don't yeah, exactly. Him. I was like, "Oh shit, we've done it. We've done it. We've, we've talked about parkour." <laughs> but yeah, so right. that's my that's my advice. Hope it helps. Thank you very much, Lin Yung. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, co-host Tom Taylor. Thank, thanks for Finally having me. Finally managed it. Like we did it. We bloody one. did it. Two and a half hours, and it's half Jesus, you can one. cut that down. That's nah, right. I'm just gonna tell you now that there's loads of questions you can't, you can't air. I'm just gonna be like, no, that has to go. Has to go. Has to go. <laughs> really? Like what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Huh. I'll see you in it. Well, whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. It? Okay. Nice. All good. I think. Any final words? Um, no, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, we're all ready to go to bed. <laughs> all right. Good night, everyone. Wave. Wave. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Fuck the, <laughs> Fuck the feds, yeah?